Maine, the pine tree state, known for its jagged rocky coastlines, low rolling mountains, ravenous German shepherds, haunted hotels, werewolf priests, possessed automobiles, and killer clowns. That's right, we're talking about Stephen King on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast, a proud member of the Phantom, pa- Fa- Phantom? Phantom <laughs> Podcast Network. <laughs> the Phantom Podcast Network is an awesome horror-related site featuring various horror podcasts just like us. And you can subscribe to the, to the network on iTunes or SoundCloud. Or just go straight to the website, downrightcreepy.com, backslash phantom, and check it out. Now, if you've never listened to Attack of the Killer podcast before, shame on you! <laughs> what we do is we pick a topic and we openly discuss the films within that topic. Um, there will be spoilers because we just talk open freely, so, you know, just deal with it. Now, I know you're asking yourself... How do they do it? <laughs> How do they do this amazing show with all its theatrics? <laughs> the pyrotechnics, the circus animals, the celebrity guests like George Clooney and Tom Cruise. It's because of you that we can bring you the best Attack of the P- Killer podcast that we can be. And how can you help? By donating to the show and help keep us going to continue the show and improve the show. And you can donate do this by donating to our Patreon. Just go to patreon.com backslash AOTKP. Now no donation goes does not go unrewarded. There are perks. Ooh. Perks <laughs> <laughs> So go to the site and check it out. Alright. That is out of the way. Okay. Now that all that nonsense is in our past, it's time to introduce you to the podcast crew. All work and no play makes Sam a dull boy. All work and no play makes Sam a dull boy. (laughs) All work and no play... What the... Why did my notes just say that over and over again? Sam Hayes, everybody! (laughs) I'm surprised you didn't use that for... uh... Here's Johnny Stalter. Yeah, you failed, dude. Uh, hold on a minute, I gotta rewrite. <laughs> Give me just a sec. Yeah, talk amongst yourselves. Next up, he shot everyone in his car just because it was slightly foggy out. Jason Bollinger. Yep. <laughs> More misty than foggy, but hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> they all float down here. That's what she said. Terry Turford. Oh. <laughs> uh, what does that mean? Uh, hey? <laughs> <laughs> I think. He was found sweaty, crying, and shirtless, locked in a car with D. Wallace, and there was no dog with rabies in sight. John Stalter, everybody. <laughs> Hi, everybody. 
Now, unfortunately, no Brian Clark on this episode. He's busy conducting a scientific experiment to see how much cocaine it would take to direct maximum overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta know. <laughs> you gotta know. Also, no Dustin Neal. He's been being held captive by Kathy Bates until he finishes his next book. However, <laughs> Dustin doesn't write books, so we may not see him for a while. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Good! Great. Recovering from a cold that I apparently gave to gave you. Gave to me, bastard. So I'm feeling better. Quit making out. Yeah. Well, can't well, promise that. That's not just so pretty. <laughs> so, we didn't discuss any killer news before the show. Anybody have any? Terry, yes. Yeah. Oh, there is? Okay. Remember, Thank he doesn't... Thank God for Terry. Okay, so hold on. <clears throat> um, perfect segue here. And now it's time for some killer news. <laughs> Okay, so just a few things to touch on. I'm kind of filling in for Brian since he's not on today. A um, few cool things that happened since we recorded last. Um, they have officially announced a TV series for The Purge. Uh, it had kind of been oh, yeah. in the works for a while mm-hmm. now, but now it is officially going to be coming to USA and Sci-Fi. USA. <laughs> cool. It'll be cool, but I'm slightly bummed because Why? The Purge is now has become my annual movie sequel. You know, sure. Yeah. Oh, you know. Well, now it'll just them. be a TV event, maybe instead of the big blockbuster. Because I'm wondering, oh. like, maybe they'll do like yeah, like a ten one hour episodes. Yeah, it'll be more like a kind of. Like, I think it's going to be more like a mini, like a American Horror Story. And that's, far, and that's fine. I miss each time sort of a thing. I would be cool with that, actually. Yeah. I'm, I am cool with that. That would be that would be amazing. And it's like I said from the very first Purge movie, like, they could keep this going forever, and I'd be happy with it, because you could tell so many different stories within this concept. So, yeah. I mean, I'm down with it. I'm just saying I'm a little bummed that this could be the end of seeing theatrical releases of The Purge. Maybe not, you know. Yeah. May, they might yeah, still do it. said that. It does say that um, it's by the the original um, creator of the of the series, De, Demonico, whatever his name is. Sure. So, God, yeah. Can't you okay. pronounce that, Terry? Come on. God damn. You're <laughs> the one with the book learning. Anyway, so, in other news, <laughs> there... This actually pertains to our episode too. Um, there is a new, another new TV series this time based off of Stephen King's *The Mist*. Uh, yeah. Every did everyone get to watch that new trailer? Yeah, I did see yes. the trailer. Yes, I'm. Oh, good. It, yeah, it actually looks really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a Spike show, so no one will be able to watch it <laughs> unless you have cable. But that's awesome. Um, no, it, it says that it's a mini-series. Um, Which is the way it should be. Yeah, but yeah, the trailer looked awesome. It had a, what's-her-face, Francis Conroy. Yep. Um, from Six Feet Under and American Horror Story in it. And yeah, she's, uh, I mean, her alone is, you know, reading yeah, that's enough. Watch it. She's yeah. just fucking awesome. I love her. So yeah, you should 
because it looks amazing and I'm excited. And another quick uh, piece of news that Brian would be sad if I didn't say this, because uh, he was really pumped when he when he heard me post about when he saw me post about it. Apparently, Warner Brothers is being sued <gasps> for nine hundred million dollars to Whoa. prove that ghosts are real. Yeah. Um, Wait, what? Apparently, there's this. <laughs> He wrote a book called The Demonologist back in the 80s, which was based on events described by the Warrens, and they basically gave him exclusive rights to those stories for his book. And so basically the whole basis of this suit is that the movie studio is claiming that these events are historical and really happened in a lot of their PR stuff. So he's basically challenging them saying that unless you can prove that ghosts are in fact real, then, you know, pay up. So it's kind of hilarious in a way. Brian was excited because he really hates the Warrens mostly, (laughs) but yeah, funny little story. We'll see how that goes. (laughs) I'm sure $900 million isn't really that much in the scheme of things for Warner Brothers, but... Yeah. You know. That's all I've got for killer news. Well, thank you, Terry. That was some killer news. So, Stephen King. (laughs) That fella. That guy's done some stuff. So, we're specifically going to be talking about movies of Stephen King, because... Half of the half of us on this podcast don't read, so movies and TV adaptations. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Moving pictures by Stephen King. And I deba- <laughs> I debated <laughs> I debated on doing this like we've done other retrospects of a particular person in the past. Um, like chronologically. We, yeah. But we'll be, we don't have that kind of time. But yeah. What? But. Uh, after seeing 218 credits, I'm like yeah. no, no, I'm not gonna do that. Well, and we we cover a lot of these we've touched on so frequently that I don't feel like we need to cover them all super thoroughly. <laughs> now, for you listeners out there, um, to give you insight on the show. A lot of times when we pick a topic, I'll throw out a list so we can kind of all be on the same page with movies that fit the topic. And you know, and it's in. We don't always 100% follow the list, and that's great. That's perfect. That's fine. <clears throat> but this time it was just a free for all. We didn't uh, didn't do any list for this, so there's no reason to. No, no. But I had a hard time debating on what I wanted to watch um, yep. to prepare for this episode. I almost wondered if we should have broken it down into like decades or something <laughs> yeah maybe like 70s well shit you do that but even, even then we could have done the 80s and then do another episode on yeah exactly like present because there's just so many but i have a question that could start us all off okay yeah. what was the first stephen king thing you saw oh shit oh dude god that's re- honestly mine might be the stand really what <laughs> Fuck no, I don't remember. Surprise, <laughs> it was probably The Shining. Mine was sure. either probably Pet Cemetery or Cujo, I would think would be my first. Gosh I dang. Remember. I honestly, yeah, mine was probably The Shining. 
I'm thinking mine might either be Creep Show or Cat's Eyes, believe it or not. Or maybe Children of the Corn. And I base this on the fact that, like, when I, when my memories of catching these movies, like, on HBO when I was visiting my sister's house, this, this predates me that really watching horror films, so... Not that I saw any of those movies all the way through when I first laid my eyes on them. What's your answer, Jason? Fuck, I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out, too. Uh, You asked it. I'm so glad you asked this fucking question. (laughs) What about Uh, Sam? Sam didn't answer yet. um, I'm not sure, but I'm most likely Pet Cemetery, just because they used to show it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that pretty young, so... That Probably one always that. sticks in my brain because that fucking creepy sister was burnt into my <laughs> mind's eye forever. Oh, holy yeah. shit. Did I tell you guys the story? I was leaving work. This has been <laughs> a few months back. I was actually going to bring it up on another episode of the show, and I, I don't know why I never got to it. You're but too scared. Oh, it was crazy. I'm leaving work, right? And there's a, there's a, there's a woman in this car sitting in the back seat and just watching my every move of my as I'm walking to my car. And when I catch this out of my periphery, I'll look over. I shit you not, look just like that that creepy sister from Pet Cemetery. Uh, wow, it was fucking awesome. Sure, kind of got her autograph. I kind of wanted to, but <laughs> even though the act- in the actual movie it was a man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's God. well, I think my first was either I thought it was either uh, Maximum Overdrive or Creep Show. But I think it's The Shining because I just have I just have this memory that's and, and you know I started watching it the other night and I was fucking scared to start it again because I haven't watched it forever. Yeah, because really, I, I watch it like twice a year. I, I I have this memory uh, from being a kid that just haunts me and I'm afraid to watch it again. I think it's Shelley in the getting out of the bathtub. The bathtub stuff. Mm, that bad. really messed me up. I like bathtub stuff. Well, <laughs> yeah, but Sorry. when you're a little kid boy and you're like, this scene's awesome. Wait a minute. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> no, this scene's not awesome. <laughs> Make it stop. <laughs> I just remember that scaring me way early. Earlier than I should have. Because I know I was sneak, sneak watching it. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. Damn Fuck that scene. Alright, well then how about the other the other obvious question, what's your favorite Stephen King movie? I've been trying to fucking think about that all week too. Okay, can I can I make a subclause to this one? <laughs> For just basically to benefit myself. Uh-huh. Favorite Stephen King movie that's not creep show. Oh. Oh that was what? no problem anyway. What? It should be creep show. No, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like that and all, but that Honestly, as much as I like Creepshow, it probably wouldn't even be in my top five. Of Stephen King movies? Yeah, sorry, dude. All right, favorite, favorite Stephen King horror you know movie or favorite Stephen King movie? Because uh, she's movie, saying... Otherwise, I'm fucked. <laughs> she's asking if Shawshank counts is what she's saying. And Stand By Me oh, is yeah. actually what and, I was kind of thinking. And Hearts of Atlantis and... yeah. Um, it's anything that he did. I don't yep. think they're all good. 
Let's yeah, let's just stick to horror. This is a horror podcast. So favorite Stephen King horror movie. Oh, is it? That's no, not the <laughs> show. With that. <laughs> Between the years, Except when it is. Why do you like that one? <laughs> did you read the book? Did you read the book of misery? Yes. So, I haven't. Um, <laughs> Newsflash. In the book, I never would have guessed that. In the book, when she, um, you know, in the movie where she takes the sledgehammer to his ankle, mm-hmm. doesn't the she moment. chop off his foot in the book? Yeah, pretty sure. That's so much There's better. also. A I would, that's what I would think. Really like, brutal, like lawnmower murder scene. Oh, nice! That I don't know why was removed from the Spoiler fucking. Spoiler alert! I'll, yeah. t- I'll never read. I'll tell you what. Like, I mean, I don't know how the cutting off the foot was described in the book, but just thinking of that concept versus seeing that freaking sledgehammer smack that freaking ankle and just shatter the foot was. Oh, oh man, I'll take the. Sledgehammer to the foot any day as far as being over over the top, gross out. That's the moment. I mean, that's what made that yeah. movie, right? It's yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the. I mean, I haven't even seen it, and that's the part that everybody fucking knows. Yeah, if I recall, she she cuts off just a foot. It's been a while since I read it, but I feel like I mean, that's what happened. Quick with a with a hatchet. <sighs> well, I mean, obviously, there's no coming back from that, right? Like. No. In theory, you know, he's still got his foot. He could maybe walk on it eventually. Oh, but it's not going to heal right. No, it's not, because it sits there forever. Um, but still, like, he still has the foot. Like, he's not that permanently scarred compar- in comparison. So, yeah. I don't know. But uh, but I think it's far more gruesome. Oh, and I love how they just show it, man. Yeah. It's pretty gross. It's more relatable because you can like imagine what that feels like versus you can't really imagine having your foot cut off. But that's a great point. I think you just feel the pain, and it's like, ugh. I think that's yeah. That's a great point because something that is more more relatable may not be as over the top on the gore level or gruesome level, but it could be far more disturbing because you can relate to it. That's I like that. Yeah, I've totally yeah. had someone whack at my ankles with a sledgehammer before, so I can <laughs> you all <bet>. totally <laughs> run like, night. You're like, let's play Misery. <laughs> <laughs> the whole game. game. <laughs> Next thing you know, they're saying, get out of here, sir. This is Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so Misery is... Um, Terry's. Oh, what about the Running Man, though? No, that's not horror. Never mind. Sorry, I'm shutting up. I'm still not gonna abide by his rules because I'm <laughs> a rebel. All right, rebel. What's yours then? Green Mile. Okay. Uh, huh. That's really good. I, I mean, I could have picked Shawshank Redemption. I could have picked Shawshank. So good. Uh, and honestly, Shawshank is probably the better movie. Yeah. And just better story in general. You know. But what I like about the Green Mile is it still has the supernatural aspect that he's known for. Oh, that's true. So that's what that's why I picked that one. I mean, it's an amazing movie. I didn't rewatch it because you know it's like ten hours long or whatever it is. You know, three days long. But uh, it's, I mean, it's a fantastic movie on all levels. You got James Cromwell in it. You got Tom Hanks. You got the weasel that plays. What's his name? Percy. 
punch that guy in the face. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just such a great movie, and it yeah it has that supernatural aspect with uh, what is his name Coffee, the big the big black dude and yeah, I don't know it's it's just really good. I mean I I don't watch it often, but I can definitely watch it like once a year. Cool. Sam, what's your favorite? Uh, Creep Show <laughs> Two. <laughs> Creep Show Two. Saved it. No, uh, I probably would say Creep Show if I could, but since you right. ruled that out, that's right. Well, I'll everybody's say. answer would be Creep Show, and it wouldn't be any fun. Um, God, I mean, if I had to choose one, I would probably say Pet Cemetery. But, and I don't, you know, it is good. It's just so dramatic. Like, yeah. Maybe, maybe it is because I saw it so young. And, like, I think in particular, the scene where, uh, where Gage gets run over by the Mack truck. That's just like, because I was probably, like, around his age when I first saw that. Oh, shit. And it just fucks you up. Maybe a bit older. But still, I mean, young. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, like, so intense. And, like, I, I knew a kid as well when I was in elementary school. He got, like, run over and splattered by a Mack truck. Oh, my God. So it was, like, pretty relatable. Whoa. Yeah, and that fucking Miko kid is, like, the cutest fucking kid ever. Yeah, and then he comes back to life and he's like, then he's the creepiest kid ever. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's creepy. And he but he it's... looks the same as an adult. <laughs> oh, really? He does. That's yeah. That sounds even more creepy. Convention and yeah. I mean, not like creepier. It's just like you look at him and you go, yep. That's him. Like, nope. he, he, you can't mistake it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I saw him like a while ago, maybe like 10 years ago on like one of those. MTV, where are they now? Type shows, and I think was he was he like a poet, or am I thinking of someone else? You might be thinking of somebody else. I'm not really okay. sure what he does now. I know I think he was. Oh, never mind. It I'm was Miko Hughes, right? Is that? Yeah. God, he's 31. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's wow. it. I would have thought he was older. Wow, so he is my age. I would have thought he was younger, honestly. I mean, but I've been watching him for so long. I thought he was older. Yeah, because, I mean, (laughs) yeah, he's He's just, like, really older than me. (coughs) It was weird for some reason. And he's, he's, he was a great child actor, too. I mean, he's just, like, perpetually a child actor in my brain. So I think it's weird to think of him as being 30. Uh Uh-huh. Great and what? New Nightmare. Oh, yeah. He's so good. I mean, he was That's just silly. a great child actor. I mean. Yeah. He does look the same, for sure. Well, he does. I mean, some people grow up and you're like, oh, is that really him? And No, nope, not him. You see him and that's clearly Miko Hughes. <laughs> on Full House. <laughs> God, he yeah. was on What? Yeah, he was on Full House. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got around. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. I mean, he he was on a lot of stuff. So, who hasn't said their favorite? 
Jason. Oh my god, how do you fucking ask this question? This is too hard. Um, it's we very should have asked it after we discussed or something. <laughs> Trying to get us warmed up. Well, uh, 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 how, do, how do I pick? I know your answer. Oh my god. Well, don't, even, I'm just, don't even pretend. Well, I know, but... So just say it. Well, I was just going to be like, what's the criteria? Do I do Mike's criteria <laughs> of like rewatchability? Which one do I thinks the best but do i watch it very much i said favorite <laughs> it's maximum overdrive nice oh, i, I watched that i watched that movie more than all of them probably I, put I, together i don't know if i can be friends with you anymore. oh gosh i love it and it's not even the I've movie always itself loved it's the it. soundtrack i've always loved it really I yeah the it's like it's acdc yeah He's Emilio Estevez movies. I I think ACDC is the band that I hate the most in the entire universe. They were for me a long time when I was a kid, just because everyone I fucking hated loved them. So, you know, all the yeah. jock boys. I and, just hate ACDC. I thought you were going to say Sleepwalkers. Well, it's up there, but... Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't say that, too. So's Carrie. Yeah. Excellent movie. Obviously, that's where I'm torn. My favorite is 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 a toss up between Carrie and Christine. Really, Christine, yeah. Silver Bullet's way the fuck up there for me too. Silver Bullet is yeah. way up there for me, and I might edge Christine, um, just a little bit higher on the rewatchability factor of of it because that one you can just pop in and and just and just uh, it's it's good comfort food movie. Where, you know, there's moments of Carrie where it, it kind of drags a little bit, you know. But, freaking some of the some of the best shit Brian De Palma ever shot. So, it's hard to... And I, I'm such a fan of Brian De Palma and his choice of, of camera work, so... <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that's probably, that's probably way up there for me, too. That might be my second favorite is Carrie. Yeah same but i fucking love the mist but have i watched it a second time no <coughs> will i i don't know I'm trying to think if what i've about seen it more than once the lawnmower man i loved that growing up <laughs> oh, that is i watched the shit out of that movie when i was a kid it's probably not good it's anymore just, is it? yeah, i was gonna say i loved it growing up yes it does it, not hold up, no. not hold up. <laughs> and, that, and that's why i like it because i really i mean was like last year or two years ago i was really on the search for like shitty fucking late 80s early 90s sci-fi stuff you know just the bad special <laughs> effects and bad everything yeah and be i was it. just like i haven't seen that in ages bought it <laughs> yep exactly what i was looking for like it's that 90s technology for like shitty computer know, virtual reality and stuff like that it's oh i fucking eat that shit up <laughs> isn't pierce it's, brosnan in that yeah he's that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's right. And Jeff Fahey is the yep. quintessential lawnmower man. I have to ask a question about Jeff Fahey. Like, what else is he known for? Because he's he's one of those character actors. Well, no, no, because he's one of those character actors that has made like a resurgence. Well, and usually he, when that happens, it's like horror iconic, you know, guys like Ken Forey keeps showing up and shit. What he was in Planet Terror. So yeah, I but that's my point. He's in Planet Terror because he's Jeff Fahey. Yeah, true. 
So why why is Jeff Fahey Jeff Fahey? I mean, I don't like, know, but he's got 150 credits, so he's doing something right. <laughs> well, I just didn't know if there was something else that he's probably better known for as being an iconic character. Actually. I just yeah, I guess I really don't know. I mean, I'd have to look at all of his. The only other thing I could think about from that time period was body parts. Remember body parts? I know of it. I saw that shit. I, I, theater, I might so. actually have. I think I have that on VHS. Like literally, just bought it like a month ago. It's a batshit crazy movie. But he he really yeah. just. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at his stuff. Why is this guy famous? So like. <laughs> Nothing against him, but I totally just. I I had a light bulb moment, and I didn't realize that that guy that this actor was the one who was in Lawnmower Man because it's been a million years since I've seen it. What's his name in Lawnmower Man? Like Job? Job, like yeah. And he's and I, yeah, this guy is in like all of the new like Tarantino things or it's, Rodriguez yeah, things. Yeah, see, yeah, and he's when definitely Rod- in a lot of uh, Rodriguez. It's stuff. totally the Lawnmower Man, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> Just not so special. See, when Tarantino not- and Robert Rodriguez brings back classic actors like that, it's because they're a fan of this guy for. Whatever reason, it's like so, it's the Rob Zombie syndrome, you know. Thanks, it's like thanks Tarantino. So glad that we have uh, what's his nuts I just, now. I'm I just didn't even that. fucking recognize him because he's got like long blonde hair in the long yeah. And the blonde hair, the long blonde hair, totally throws you off. Well, yeah. the haircut in it. You guys ever seen Tropic Thunder? No. Yeah. You know, in Tropic Thunder, and they talk about like. Um, ben Stiller's character in that movie he made about the about the guy with down the guy with Down Never syndrome or whatever. or whatever. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. You know, and that was supposed to be his Oscar or whatever. I always heard that 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 look um, for the character of that fic, of that fake movie where he's playing the guy with Down syndrome is based off of Lawnmower Man. Because <laughs> he's wearing the overalls and all that shit. That's fucking hilarious. So maybe Lawnmower Man has a lot more staying power than we give it credit for. Everybody's a fan of Lawnmower Man in Hollywood. I was just I was just really into Max Headroom back then, and then Lawnmower Man oh, came out. I and, love Max Headroom. It has that same kind of... Just bad virtual reality. Yep. You want to see something... Speaking of bad and speaking of Max Headroom... It's on YouTube in full. Check it yeah. out. The um, dude, no Max Hendrum Christmas special. Oh, I thought you were talking about the. Never mind. Okay. I think I brought it up on the show before where somebody like hacked the uh, sat- satellite or news feed of something and oh, it was Doc- Max Hendrum thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I brought th- that thing. Fucking creeps me out. But anyway, no, he has a Christmas special that oh is God. the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in my life. All right, guys. I'll see you later. I'm gonna go watch this thing on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we haven't even talked about a single Stephen King movie yet, really. We, we about have. All of them. Oh, well, okay. You pose this stupid question. Did you even answer yet? Yeah, mine's oh. mine's a tie between Christine and Carrie. Okay. Well, then out now we can move on. Okay, let's move yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> and we're moving on. Terry, talk about a movie. Uh, okay, I have one, actually. Um, you watched a Hold bunch. on. Um, well, I watched... There were... 
there's surprisingly there are quite a few of of Stephen King's adaptations that I still haven't watched, and I watched yeah, several new ones in prep for this. Um, and one that I really enjoyed that I'd never seen before was The Dark Half. Yeah, that's also oh, that awesome. Movie. It's been a while, but I love that movie. You know why well, it's yeah. awesome? Yeah, because it's George Romero. That's right. <laughs> I was going to say because it's Timothy Hutt. Uh-huh. Yeah. But that yeah, no, I didn't even realize that it was George Romero until I started watching it. I'm like, what the fuck? How did I not know that there was a Stephen <laughs> King and George Romero movie? Well, like, sure. how did that fly under my radar? Yeah. Yeah. They, they had a they had a very short-lived partnership there for a while. And the only thing that came out of that time period was Creepshow. Um, sure. But, but they had plans to do a lot of ad- adaptations together. As a matter of fact, it was around that time when... Um, George made the movie Night Riders, and Stephen King plays a part in it. So, uh, still haven't seen that. Yeah, I want to. Oh, I've, I almost forgot about that. Yeah, I love. He's like eating like nasty food, <laughs> like eating corn on the cob, and talking about how how the how it's all fake. They have blood packets in their mouths, and he's sticking his finger in his mouth while he's got like corn on the cob, and it's just like shooting out of his mouth, and it's just yeah, it's gross. <laughs> Anyway, what what movie again? Oh yeah, uh, um, Dark Half. <laughs> um, and this is this is a book I haven't read, but so I was kind of open minded going into it. I didn't know that much about it, and yes, it has Timothy Hutton, who is awesome. Um, but I liked it because it's like it's about an author, um, who has an alter ego that writes like kind of smutty detective action novels um and basically what comes to pass is that um i can't even fucking remember the character's name um thad thad is his name he he wants to be a serious writer and someone threatens to let his secret loose that he's also this George Stark smut writer. And and so to get out in front of it, they kind of reveal that Thad is, is both of these writers and uh, they do like this photo shoot where they bury George Stark and he's no longer going to write books. It's just going to be Thad and his serious books um and then once they do that george stark kind of comes to life because uh, there's this uh, backstory of how thad had a twin that he absorbed at birth like mostly there's like a weird eyeball in his brain like <laughs> part of the twin was like in his brain for some reason I don't know, but uh, anyway, <laughs> that part was a little. It makes sense to me. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, George, you know, George Stark comes to life and he's going around murdering everyone who had a part in in killing, quote unquote, killing him, and he's wanting to take over Thad's life, and so he's going after him, and so it's just. You know, good twin, evil twin, sort of a deal. 
but it was done really well and it wasn't super cheesy and I really liked there was this overriding theme of, of sparrows which are like kind of like the soul carriers between worlds and so there are flocks of sparrows when you know there's something to do with one of the twins being taken away and all that imagery was really cool plus it had fucking uh, Michael Rooker yeah the Rook. awesome. he was awesome in it as a sheriff and Amy Madigan was cool yeah yeah, <laughs> I I really liked it. It was my first time watching it, but I enjoyed it a lot. So sweet. Yeah, it does feel kind of autobiographical too. That's like a very exactly yeah, a very common thing for Stephen King is, you know, to write about writers. Yeah. Kind of write about himself. Oh, yeah. I didn't really get a chance to look up the background, but I wondered if it sort of coincided with, I mean, he kind of, he had that phase where he was writing as Richard Bachman. Yeah. And he did books like The Running Man and some things that were a little, and and, uh, Thinner, that was a Richard Bachman book. Um, So I kind of wondered if that had anything to do with his, with that phase in his (coughs) Or whatnot. I was kind of curious about that. Well, and then he kind of did it. He had a little bit of a similar theme in um, Secret Window. Oh yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that movie. Yeah. Which Dark Half is better? Oh yeah, by a lot. But Secret Window has moments. Was, Secret Window was good. It's good, absolutely. <clears throat> Johnny That's Depp. Does um, that drop stuff? Um, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I agree with you on like uh, some of the uh, the more fantastic, surreal imagery that goes on in in Dark Half. I really dig, and really, it's cool to see that you know, you always get a feeling that George has has that desire to do that kind of stuff in him. He just doesn't usually have the means to do it, and he kind of got to cut loose a little bit with that one, which is great because you know it just kind of after that. A lot of that is just kind of gone. A lot of the old George is gone after Dark Half, so. Yep. Yarp. Good stuff. Totally. Sam, what about you? What's a Stephen King movie you would like to discuss? Oh, well, shit. Uh, I just watched, for the first time the other day, uh, Firestarter. Nice, nice. I hadn't seen that since, like, way back when, so I can't even remember anything about it. I was going to say, that was one of my earliest ones, too, earlier. Really? Baby Drew Barrymore. Yep. (laughs) Killing people with fire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's an intense movie. Yeah. It's, uh... I'm not... Did she do that? She must have done it like either right before or right after E.T. She's after like E.T. The same, it was the after, same yeah. <coughs> she probably that wouldn't have sense. gotten that movie role if no. she would have done it before. I mean, she maybe could have just because of her, you know, family name, but... Yeah. Yeah. But probably not. <laughs> yeah. 
it uh it's interesting because it is it does have shades of et and i'm not i mean it's based on a book so i mean i feel like it must be a coincidence you know i'm sure they weren't intentionally trying to rip off et but there are like parallels i noticed like you know Drew Barrymore, she's got kind of the psi abilities, kind of like E.T., you know, he can do, like, psychokinesis. Um, I don't know. I just thought that that was interesting. And, like, the whole, like, government agents kind of mm-hmm. subplot, kind of similar imagery, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the guys in suits. But I don't know. I just thought it was interesting because... It's like in, in this movie, it's like Drew Barrymore kind of becomes the E.T. character in a way. I mean, she's not an alien or anything, but... But she's short and wrinkly. I get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. <That's it. laughs> and she she kind of waddles. <laughs> <laughs> she can stretch her neck out and finger glows. Yeah. <laughs> really, really like the Reese's Pieces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She uh <laughs> more similar than I remember. <laughs> she kinda she kinda looks like E. T. in drag, like when E. T. dresses and <laughs> <laughs> Well I forgot the cast of this movie. Holy shit, man. Yeah. Uh fucking Martin Sheen sold. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Damn. Heather yeah. Lock Heather Locklear. I remember that. George yeah, I... C. Scott? Yeah, I, I didn't recognize George C. Scott at first. He's like pretty, huh. pretty gnarly. <gasps> Dick Warlock's yeah. in it. Yeah, I'll have to revisit it. It's been <coughs> I don't remember yeah, I any of cool. these people being in it. No, me neither. <laughs> I yeah. kind of remember George C. Scott being in it. I have a feeling he must have had a bigger role or something, or maybe I'm just remembering a scene that I maybe have seen more recently or something. Yeah. But no, I I think it's a pretty impressive movie, especially, you know, <coughs> Drew Barrymore. I mean, she's like, she is the lead in this. And to be the lead that young in a movie like this, it's pretty impressive. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you need like a good fucking child actor to pull that off. And I'm not sure there's a lot of actors who could do that that age, you know. Sure. So I, th- I think they got lucky, you know. Yeah. I think I'm getting this and Deadly Friend mixed up. Is There's that... no uh, basketball to the head. That's that's <laughs> what it is. That's what it is. She's this not is a robot. That too. Oh. <laughs> she makes things catch on fire. I must have saw them at the same time. <laughs> Could be. I don't know how you got it mixed up, but hey, whatever. <laughs> fire starters directed by Mark L. Lester. Who did one of my favorite movies with Michael J. Fox, uh, Class of 1984. Yeah. Yeah. That movie's awesome. I love that movie. And that was, I think he did that right before this. So this, like these movies are kind of like part of a hat trick for him. Because he did Class of 1984, then Firestarter, then Commando. Freaking Commando, yeah. Schwarzenegger. So we had like three hits in a row. Yeah. And, and they're all like radically different too, like <gasps> genre wise. He did Armed and Dangerous. That's one of my favorite John Candy movies. 
he kind of drops off after that, like by na- after 1986. He didn't do anything till 1990, and it was a lot of direct-to-video stuff. Like the sequel, the unofficial sequel to Class in 1984, Class in 1999. Yeah, I want to see that. Oh, you never seen that one? No, I've been meaning to. Oh, I don't know if it's still around or not, but there was this ama- there's this amazing, like, crappy DVD set, um, two discs, eight movies, or wait, is it six movies, you know, two discs or whatever. It's one of my favorite, like, bargain bin finds ever, because it's got that on it, it's got 976 Evil 2, it's got yeah. um, Ghoulies 3, Ghoulies Go to College. Um, Chopping Mall, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, oh, shit, what else is on it? Um, oh, duh! Chud 2, Bud the Chud. E. And there's one more. I can't remember what it was. Oh, The Unholy. That's right, The Unholy. So, like, every movie on that on that set is gold, and it was like ten bucks, so... Nice. I don't know if that's still in print or not, but that's... That's about the only time I've ever been able to find Class in 1999. But it's so unrelated to Class in 1984. Yeah, oh, I have Class of 1999. Basically, it's on its own, it's on its own DVD. Oh, it is? Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. I, I, <coughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure I bought it on Amazon. No, yeah. no, I didn't get it on Amazon. I bought it at uh, Half Price Books. Oh, I think Jason might have found it in total in in full on YouTube too. You you know what else is totally unrelated to the class of nineteen ninety nine? This episode. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Fine. I'm um, trying to steer it back. <laughs> well, I felt like we kinda of tapped out on um on Firestarter, so I was just trying to keep it going. Um No it and I have to say, the director, Mark Lester, he's like a fucking dead ringer for a Christopher Lambert. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's bizarre. He looks just like him. I wonder if they've ever worked together. I don't know. Could be like a uh, like a, like a parent trap situation or something. <laughs> yeah, he oh, could man. be the new Highlander. You know what's? I'm, I I kind of came up. I kind of wrote my own list. When I thought at one point I was going to do a chronological rundown of his films, um, but like looking at this list, I know you know it's a, it's amazing on the talent of directors that have done Stephen King movies. You got um, Brian De Palma did Carrie. You got Toby Hooper did Salem's Lot. <clears throat> You've got um, Stanley Kubrick. Did The Shining, George Romero did Creep Show, freaking um, oh, I just blanked. Uh, John Carpenter did Christine. Um, Mick Garris did The Shining miniseries. Yeah, well, we won't hold that against him. Uh, Mick Garris did. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa, whoa. Oh hell no! <laughs> Mick Garris did a lot actually of Stephen King stuff because he did Sleepwalkers. Uh, he did the stand. Rob Reiner. Um, Rob Reiner's done two Stephen King movies. Really? Which ones? Uh, um, Misery and Stand by Me. Oh, well, I always forget about Stand by Me. Um, oh damn! David Cronenberg did Dead Zone. Hell yeah! Yeah. Um, 
Oh, and then the only movie I got around to watching for this episode, and this was all just for my segue, and uh, <laughs> one um, whole movie. I didn't watch any. Oh my god! Oh my god! We've seen him like a lot. Tom, Tom Holland, Holland uh, directed Thinner, which I just I, rewatched Thinner for the first time since it first came out. I love that movie. It's great, but it's it shows its age now. But yeah, I love it. yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, there. <laughs> I like how the whole reason why he hits the uh, was it the gypsy's daughter or whatever. Yeah, it's because he's getting a BJ. Yeah. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. But I love that actor. I can't think of his name right now, but he's he's in Dust Devil, and that's a fantastic movie. But that's a whole other conversation. Never seen Dust Devil, but I saw um, Richard Stanley's other movie, Hardware. You really need to see Dust Devil. Oh. <coughs> okay, I, I've heard that thousands. Said. Other Stephen, conversation. Stephen King's in the movie. He is. He plays the um, Doctor Bangor. He, he plays the uh, the guy that works at the convenience store that's filling um, the old gypsy's prescription when the other one walks out in the street and gets hit by the car. So yeah, yeah, he has yeah. lots of little cameos. Oh yeah, yeah. But what? See, like you say, but, you like that actor. I didn't think he was very good in Thinner. Like his performance. I don't remember his acting times. ability. Well, he's first really good at Dust Devil, so I don't know. Well, first of all, when he's in the fat suit in the first half of the movie, um, the makeup isn't bad. It's not the best fat suit ever, but it's not bad. But it's kind of ruined by his performance because, like, there's a scene where he just went up a flight of stairs and and he is way more out of breath than any fat man would ever be. You know, I don't trust, know. Trust Have me. You trust me. I'm a fat upstairs? man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fat man myself. I'm, I've never been that. Ex- that out of breath before or like just watching him walk like he but who, does I mean, let, who knows did was he told to like go over the top could, i don't know it could have been but it was a when he was in the fat suit it was a cartoon rendition of a fat person is what it was fatty mcgee he was like he's he yeah had the full he's not on, the greatest he had the full-on penguin waddle when he was walking in the fat suit <laughs> he's i like his uh what's his name Robert John Burke is his name. Yeah, and I mean, I, most of what I've seen him in is mostly like, uh, like crime TV shows and things. Like, yeah, he had a big, big run on like on like SVU and things like that. Is what most people have probably seen him in, but not a lot of movie work. No, I mean, probably after that. Stuff, but... <laughs> probably after this movie, he didn't get a lot of movie work. Like I said, he's really good in Dust Devil, but I'm sure his yeah. stint as uh, Murphy in RoboCop 3 didn't exactly help things. Oh, shit, that's right. Forgot he took over for Peter Weller in RoboCop 3. I see but that, that was before this movie. Yep. Yeah, well, I need to go. I haven't watched RoboCop 3 in, like, forever, so I need to go back and watch that. Um, But, I, yeah, I just didn't think it was very good. And, like, he just had these, like, wild-eyed, crazy eyes throughout the whole movie. When yeah. it wasn't necessary for him to have wild eye crazy eyes, you know. Um, so but yeah, it's a, I just, yeah. I mean, his acting was a little cheesy, but I really like the story of Thinner. Like it's, mm-hmm. I do too. It's it's really different from. It feels very different, and, and maybe that's because it was a Richard Bachman 
book. Yeah. And he was doing a lot of different themes in that era of his writing. So it was definitely astray from what he usually did. But it and was, I get it was why he had to do that under a different name. Sure, yeah. Because, I mean, people be like, oh my god, this is Stephen <coughs> King. This is stupid. This is horrible. Because, God forbid, people would do something different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, does anybody read Thinner? I did. You don't read. Time. No, that's right. <laughs> I, think I, did, I think I did a Wicked Words on it at one point. Oh. But it's, it's been a while. Well, I just wonder, because my favorite part of the whole movie is when he calls up the mob boss guy and has him help get revenge on the gypsies. Mm-hmm. And I, maybe, and it's, maybe it's just wishful. Montagna guy. Yeah, who I love. <laughs> Joe. I, and he's, oh, Joe Montagna. he's the best. He's I always love him so everything. good. And he, always, he can always play... The most despicable gangster guy, but yet you love him. Yeah. Like, I loved his character in this movie just so much, because he was just so loyal to helping out this lawyer guy. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I just love that scene where they're in the car, and he's like, you're not going to hurt anybody, are you? And and Joe's like, no, I'm not going to. But if you want my help, this is the last time you ask me that question. And I'm like, oh, that's that's gold right there. That was gold. (laughs) But, like... I, f- I feel like maybe, or maybe it's wishful thinking on my part, that maybe they got deeper into that in the book. Because I really wanted that to be more of this movie. That whole that whole uh, revenge against the gypsies thing. The, oh. white, the white man white man from town's curse. Um, I don't feel like it was super drawn out in the book. Because I, I just thought, like, the stuff he was doing, like, this is genius. This is genius to... Like, do something in the real world, but make it look like a curse to these gypsies. So, right. like poisoning the dogs or, you know, you know, having them shoot, shoot one of their own, you know, that kind of stuff. And the only, <coughs> the only shenanigans I call on the whole thing is like, if this is some big, powerful mob boss guy, um, why is he doing all the dirty work? Does he not have henchmen that can do all, do all this grunt work for him? He's the one that's going into the trenches and doing all this dirty work to get back at the gypsies. <laughs> I just know Kari were hers in it. Is that how you say her name? Were were that one hot gypsy chick is in it. Yeah. Oh, she's the hot gypsy chick? She yeah. was hot, dude. Sliders. You call that, you call that yeah, the chick from Sliders. Oh, wait. Yo, no, yeah, she is. Oh, Sorry, yeah. Sorry, I was thinking of somebody else. I think it's just Carrie Wurr. Okay. Sorry. I said it again. Sorry. On a side note, the the wife is played by Lucinda Jenny. And she. And she. Uh, hello. <laughs> and she was really good. Thanks, John. <laughs> oh, did we lose John? <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Well, he'll be talking for another hour before he realizes he's not on anymore. But uh, yeah, she was good. She was yeah, hot. She was good. Yeah. She was probably the best part of the movie, realistically. Did, did you watch it too, not recently, or you just have it more fresh in your brain? Um, I mean, I watched it 
within the last year, nice. I guess. Yeah. I mean, whenever I did my uh, my segment when I was doing the oh yeah, Wicked yeah. words, I, I revisited it after I had read the book. So cool, cool. But yeah, yeah. she seems like the most realistic part of the whole fucking movie because it seems it's very silly in parts oh yeah it gets oh yeah and i get what they're trying to do like this is a horror movie so we need to try to make this scary and the the concept yeah. on the on the basis is scary but they're like they're not really honing in on that there, there's those moments like when he goes to visit the other people who uh that also had the curse put on them and like he he goes and visits the judge and his wife is just like she just has a total spaz moment there right at right at the very end of that scene she's just like screaming at him when he's leaving and it's just so so over the top and she's just repeating the same thing over and over and over to him where it's just like, okay, this isn't, that's not scary, that's just ridiculous. And then that's the same exact scene when he goes and visits the sheriff, when, and the sheriff, you know, and he's all deformed because of his curse, and he's trying to give, give him the gun to take to go shoot the head gypsy guy, and he's just like, take the gun, take the gun, and he just says, take the gun like 30, 40 times as he's leaving, and... And it is way over the top. And I get it because, like, the music is kind of coming in. And it's, like, supposed to be kind of... You know, this is supposed to be, like, a creepy moment because these people are getting are being all wacky or whatever. But it's just silly. It just comes off as silly. But overall, I really like the movie. I, I definitely still still like it, you know, just as much as I did the first time, so... Cool. I'm glad. Yep. Cool. So, what about Dreamcatcher? What about nope. it? No, never seen it, or no, you don't want to talk about it. Nope, uh, it's been ages since I've seen it. I've, I only saw like I think the last half of it, but that uh, this is gonna sound the only way I can describe him is the uh, the ginger actor. <laughs> I can't remember his name, but he's great. Lewis. Yes, he's he's great in that movie. Oliphant's in this movie. I don't remember that shit. Oh shit, he's in everything. He is. Jason Lee's in it too. Woo! What? Well, I knew that. Uh, all- you lost me. What? Jason Lee? Mallrats? No, I know who you're talking about, but you lost me. Oh, well, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the consensus on it? I liked it. There's some people that fucking love it. Yeah, I feel I feel like it's a love hate thing for me. Yeah, it's definitely a love hate. I just don't remember enough of it. Gotcha. That's where I'm at. I mean, it's just like like weird like aliens that try to get in people's bodies or something. My... I can't even remember that much about it either. But I know they're out camping somewhere. Yeah, it's like a guy's retreat. Like yeah. friends that haven't seen each other in a while, and they had the. The one friend back in when they were in school. And that's another common theme. You know, this kind of relates back to, like, Stand By Me or It. Where it's just, like, going back to the going back to the childhood roots, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they ha- I can't remember the name of the character that they were friends with that ends up being, like, the one with, like, powers. Like, telekinetic powers that fights the aliens or whatever. Because of the D. Mm-hmm. But... 
There's some concepts in the Duddits. movie. Duddits, thank you, yeah. The Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Typecasting. Sorry. Um, <laughs> there's some concepts in that movie that I really liked, but then there's just some of the execution on it just not is not so good. Um, but I, I like the whole the library scenes where that is like the inside of of somebody's head. Yeah. Yeah. That was a kind I of a cool, that now that you say that. Yeah. Kind of a cool concept that I really, really, really thought was cool. But then the movie gets kind of silly with like, um, you know, poop monsters and shit. Yeah. So. Eh, it was fun. It's by Lawrence Kasdan. That dude's done some shit. Direct. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. You're right. <laughs> Well, uh, share, yeah. Jason. Oh, just Force Awakens, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Wider. As a writer, anyway. Yeah. Not as director, but. As good as it gets. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad movie, it's just an odd. It's one of these things is not like the other situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He directed a few like westerny things, like Wyatt Earp and yep. Silverado. It says, "Oh, and The Big Chill." That's a good movie. Yeah, that's actually uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, that's a really good movie. Thanks, Dad, for making me watch a movie about suicide and drugs. Yeah. <laughs> so he has an eclectic resume, yeah. shall we say? Some big titles. It's, I mean, it's his his resume is literally all over the place. Mm-hmm. There is hardly anything that's the same. <coughs> Sam, did you have anything you wanted to add to Dreamcatcher? No, I don't think I've seen it. Oh, okay. It was fun. I feel like I mean, there's definitely a lot of horror in it, but it's it feels more like just a straight up sci-fi movie. Yeah, it's definitely more sci-fi. Yeah. No but I mean, you got Morgan Freeman and Thomas Jane. Morgan Freeman trying to do his best um, Arlie Emery impersonation with those eyebrows of his. In the yeah, movie. yeah, they are kind of crazy. <laughs> so, Sam, you haven't seen Dreamcatcher. What is a Stephen King movie you have seen? Uh, good question, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, scanning, scanning. <laughs> There's so All many. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. There's so many. Uh, Silver Bullet. I just rewatched oh, that yeah. recently. Nice. Let's do it. Classic werewolf movie. Yeah, I love it. Uh-huh. Classic yeah. Gary Busey movie. Yeah, Gary. <laughs> Gary Busey man, fucking oh, man. steals the movie. <laughs> just and give, he steals our hearts. You give me Gary Busey, a werewolf, and Corey Hames in a wheelchair, and it's a good time. And that fucking dude from Twin Peaks. <laughs> that just, yeah. Just like the the whole idea of like a werewolf preacher too is just... Yeah. I love that concept. He like... <laughs> he kills people for the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is I should them. see this. I'm a werewolf with the Lord. Wait, you've never seen Silver Bullet? No, never. Oh. 
<laughs> you seem shocked, wow. like, oh wow, I don't oh. know if I can. If this guy can't be on the show anymore. Fuck no. this guy. No, I, no, I'm just. I could have sworn you name no. dropped it earlier. No. Okay. I it's it's one of those movies that if I saw it like used, just or just saw it you know out in public, I'd probably buy it. But I don't think I've ever seen it used. Hmm. Because it's a good movie. There hasn't no been one. a good release of it yet. That's what, what I was they're wondering. They're clinging to some old DVD releases. And Has it even hit Blu-ray? Nope. Really? Nope. Holy Come balls. on, uh, Scream Factory. Or... Yeah. Wow. Let's get on that shit. Oh, it's been forever since I've seen it, so I'm trying to remember stuff. Just a badass wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. Fireworks. I remember some fireworks going on. Yeah. Wow, that's so funny. <laughs> yep, fireworks, yep. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. Back in my day. Oh. I reckon. I reckon. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know another one I wanted to watch, but I didn't get I didn't get around to, but I just bought it here not so long ago too from the pawn shop. I found it. And I hadn't seen it since it first came out either. Needful things. I remember liking that one. Yeah, me too. God, it's been ages. But anything with Max von Sydow, right? Oh, yeah. Like, he just always grabs your attention, so it's like, yep, gotta watch it. Absolutely. You know, well, anybody who's in Strange Brew is like, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's your barometer of <laughs> yeah, who's Here's the cool. quality of actors. So basically, it's Rick Moranis, Dave Thomas, and Max von Sydow. That's the, the our greatest actors of the 20th century. But it's, but it's great. <laughs> I mean... That's the classic movie. I wish I would have actually watched it because I don't remember anything about it, so I regret bringing it up right now. I, I'm really trying to remember everything that goes on, but yeah, it's it's in that time period where like tons and tons of Stephen King stuff in the early '90s was just being thrown at us in such a short time span. It's like, ah, fuck. Yeah. Oh, I know a movie we should talk about, because I know Jason and I both watched it again recently. And Jason has a new opinion of it. Children of the Corn. That's that's true. That's true. We did just watch it. Uh Mm Uh-huh. I don't know if you guys know this, but John Franklin and Courtney Gaines is coming to Halloween and Palooza this year, so... Buy your tickets now. Um, But, uh... What was what? I I we did we it didn't, wasn't as as great as we. For you any, any other it's not that it sucked. It didn't suck, <laughs> but you know it's been a while, and it you know I you know I definitely watched it as a kid from small town Iowa that grew up had cornfields <laughs> all the way around me, and was their age and. <coughs> It definitely impacted me as a kid. Fucking yeah. A. Scary as hell. And I I don't remember watching it until just just the other day because John Franklin and Courtney Gaines is coming to Halloween Palooza October fourteenth. You should come. How, but how would you find out more information about this Halloween Palooza dot com? But uh, <laughs> um, shameless plugs. I wondered why no one was talking. Oh, they are there. I can't tell. Okay. 
Um, but I, I knew the effects were going to be bad. But man, they were bad. <laughs> like really bad. And yeah. Nope, can't hear you, Terry. I could have just typed it instead of saying it. <laughs> but yeah, it uh, it wasn't, it wasn't so good. It wasn't as good. Somebody's there. Bummer. So, but can you hear me now. Yeah. Hi. Well, I accidentally right. hit my mute button on my headset cord. Oh. My bad. <laughs> So, what were you saying for the past five minutes about showing her the corner? <laughs> that I agree that it doesn't hold up very well either. Oh, it thank didn't. God. It didn't for me John when Sullivan's I rewatched it in the past couple years. <laughs> and I was also saying, yeah, woo, Halloween Palooza, let's talk about these celebrities and then talk <laughs> shit about the movie. <laughs> hey guys, it's still got a lot. Of- a lot of great stuff about it, but yeah, like yeah, it uh, it uh, it does not hold up, especially on the effects side, unfortunately. Well, and I think even a lot of your Children of the Corn fans can say that the ending is not, you know. Yeah, and I watched the all the features, and like <clears throat> even the fucking producers are like, uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. we ran out of money, and we ran out of time, and we had to. You're lucky you got that much. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we didn't do a real good job on that. And but, I totally owned it. But I will say that of the entire movie that John Franklin and Courtney Gaines' characters are probably the most memorable and best part for me. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, they are the sure. salvageable part of the film for me. Absolutely. So, yeah positives about our celebrity guest probably a police but without without kissing ass though she's absolutely yeah, right you know it's like well and it, it it's the parts that made those guys really so you know I, they are awesome in that movie you know Courtney Gaines is well they're both just creepy as hell and really imposing and they're supposed to be little children so yeah i'm so excited to meet courtney Gaines. me too mostly for the burbs for the burbs and then my new favorite movie from the last few years uh the funhouse massacre oh shit i keep forgetting he's in that i'm so i and i've been talking with the director like you know just here and there on facebook (laughs) you know starting to sort of become friends but it's just like i really want to meet him I, and I really want to meet Courtney Gaines just because of those two movies. Yeah, you're right. He's, Funhouse Massacre, Massacre is so awesome. It's It wasn't my favorite movie of that year, but it's a movie that I can watch endlessly. It it, yeah. it has not gotten old for me. It's just a fun fucking flick, but that's, yep. that's a whole other conversation. We shouldn't get on a huge tangent, but... I, I owe you one for I mean, that, for introducing me to that one, man. I mean, that I've, I have clearly made my love of that movie known on this on this show numerous times i mean yeah it inspired me to watch what it it's what are you funhouse massacre what no you never talked about that before nope never <laughs> <laughs> you mean nope never watched funny. it is what you're trying to say. 
<laughs> well, that too. But. That that too. But yeah, Courtney Gaines <laughs> is barely in it, but he actually still is, you know, kind of a memorable part of of the movie. And he's a he's a good character actor. I yeah, I mean, when you see him, you're like, "Yep, that's Courtney Gaines." Like, he, you can't mistake him for anybody else. Yeah, I don't know if I've told this story on the show before, but I've actually met Courtney before because when I was what? in college, oh, yeah. what? he was our um, celebrity guest artist. We like always had a, a guest artist show each year where we would bring in sort of a <coughs> dear lower rate <laughs> actor. No offense, Courtney, but. Uh, <coughs> You know, someone that we could afford, basically, to come yeah. in and be in a theater production, and he was Seriously? our guest artist one year. Yeah, that's fucking rad. <laughs> it was pretty neat. It really is. I mean, that's Just to cool. have yeah, a different celebrity each year for sure. Celebrity air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> How was he? Nice guy. Sure. Okay. You don't, I didn't whoops. deal with him too oh. much, person to person, but. So I can't really speak too much to it, but he's in Back to the Future. That's true. He is. Yep. What? Why don't I remember that? Where? It's in the dance. The fish oh, under okay, the sea, yeah. and, and he's tries buttoning in and yeah, dancing with I her right that. before he gets the courage to. Yep. Man. Pretty so cool. yeah, Children of the Corn. Yeah. yeah, it's a movie. Sorry, John Sullivan. <laughs> we've I mean, had we've we had at it. length discussions yes. about Children of the Corn with John on the podcast before, so I'm sure he's all right. John Sullivan, he who walks behind this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, nice. Children of the Corn movie dot com. There That's you go, right. John. <laughs> you know what's interesting though. Like, out of all of Stephen King's films, that's the one that's had, like, the most sequels. So many sequels. And Holy they're not shit. No. They are not. not I went, <laughs> when, I was, when I was going through all of my different, uh, like, I, the access, my access to streaming services, I was trying to find just Stephen King films. And I have, uh, someone gave me access to their stars, so I could watch Ash vs. Evil Dead, which is awesome. But... They have movies on there, and like the only Stephen King films they had were just all of the sequels to Children of the Corn. I was like, no, <laughs> never. Yeah, they're bad. I feel like I've seen, there was a recent one, maybe around 2010, 2011. Oh, Genesis? Yeah. I watched that for some reason. I'm sorry. I don't know why yeah. you did. I mean, <laughs> not good. <laughs> oh, so what is it? Five sequels and a remake, right? So a total of seven films. A lot. Too many. A bunch of movies that suck. <laughs> <laughs> like if we, if we were if this was a race to have the most uh, movies within a single franchise, um, second place would be Carrie with. With only four, yeah. I like I like uh, the Rage Carrie too. Yeah, I do too, but it's, I barely remember it. I just remember I she like throws it. CDs at somebody's face. That's <laughs> it was very nineties uh, esque for sure. Oh, like, for sure, I absolutely enjoying it for what it was. Like it, sh- you could have called it anything other than you know, 
a Carrie sequel, and it still would have sucked, but it it's fun. Have for you what watched it was. the Angela Bettis one? Yeah, that's what I was just going to yeah. ask. Wait. No, the one that I watched. Oh. Uh, that one's it, not my, that good. The one I watched was literally the Rage Carrie 2. Yeah, there's Rage Carrie 2. And then there was a remake, a television made remake. Oh, yeah. With Angela Bettis as Carrie. Which should The have one happened. that I'm thinking of had uh, Emily Burgle. Okay. That's probably the one that. <laughs> and Jason oh, yeah, that's, that's Yeah, that, that's, that's, the, the, that's rage. the one that. I, yeah, yeah, that's the and, one that yeah. I was thinking There's of. There's another Emily's remake. Other famous movie is. Well, I don't know if it's her other famous movie, but. Mm. Uh, she was in, and now I can't find it. I thought she was in the Brady Bunch movie. This Emily chick. Yeah, I thought that, I she's thought she, been she's been like reoccurring roles in like yeah. she was on like Shameless and some other stuff. But must be with somebody else. <coughs> I recognize her, but I can't. It's hard to name things offhand that I've seen her in. But have you yeah. seen the remake? The last one, the yeah. two thousand two one with. Uh, I can't remember mm-hmm. if I have now or not. I think oh. I have. I could sworn I've watched it. I just don't remember it. I, I feel like I it. watched that at one point for something. Probably um, for the show. It was probably for the show, but I can't remember. What the hell? Yeah, I totally watched it. I don't remember what for. But it was alright. I like Angela Bettis. Yeah, totally. Yeah. She creeps me out. Absolutely. Totally. <laughs> what about the new new remake with Chloe Grace Moretz? Nope. Yeah, that yeah. That's the one I like I can't and, remember uh, if I've actually watched all the way through or not. Uh Julian Moore. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I was, was like Redhead. I like <laughs> I like that one. It was okay. I'm still, I mean, you can't really beat the first one with fucking Piper Laurie. Well, yeah. She's just so good. And she's awesome in person, by the way. Just throw <laughs> that out there. Super nice. Super old. Yeah, we've seen <laughs> her, her a you few, at a few uh, conventions. Yep. Last year, she was kind of making the rounds, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. Probably a lot, a lot of, because of the, a lot of the P- Twin Peaks stuff. Yeah. Hopefully she gets to make at least some cameos in, in that business. I like the remake a lot, but or the new new one, not the TV one. I didn't like that. But the new one, the Hit Girl, I thought it was good, but like the thing that made it <coughs> tough for me is like it's hard. So uh, telekinesis is easy to do with computers. Yeah. And what what made the original awesome is like it f- doesn't feel more real when real shit's moving around. Yeah. Versus mm-hmm. like, oh, it's just CGI. I can do that. Exactly. Right. That, when that's my argument with CGI or any effects, even pra- even practical special effects, is if you know if if we know how something moves, it's gonna look fake when you when you try to replicate that. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, granted, we don't know how, like, a, uh, you know, a knife is floating through midair by itself, but we know the, 
the fluidity of swinging a knife around and stuff and how that would actually look compared to just CGIing the whole thing. So it it it's best to like that that's always going to be the hardest effects work is what you know, it doesn't matter if it's CGI or practical. Like doing an old man suit or a fat suit for for thinner we know what a fat person looks like, so that fat suit doesn't look as real to us as maybe the Gill Man from the Monster Squad. But I also think it's the opposite, <clears throat> where, like, it's the things we don't know, like <clears throat> telekinesis and, like, magic. So, like, I fucking... I, the first... This isn't horror, I'm sorry, but the first Now You Can See Me, I thought it was cool. But then, like... The trailer for the second one come out, and they like show these m- this magic show where it's just CGI, and it's like, well, that's not really happening. You're just, I mean, you can do any magic trick in the world with CGI, and how am I supposed to believe it's real? Same with like telekinesis, like, or you know, like you can fake anything with cgi but i don't know what the fuck i'm saying if it still doesn't if it still doesn't fall in within some realism for you or some law laws of physics then it then that's when it starts looking fake is what you're saying well i'm just saying i'm saying what am i saying i don't fucking know i just know (laughs) that like you can't say that hey this is a magic trick but then just do it with cgi like then it's not Matt. It's not a real. Uh. I kind of get what you're saying. I mean, I don't, but I kind of get what you're saying. Like you're not fooling me with yeah. magic. You're fooling me with computer. Yeah. So it doesn't count as magic. You can't count it. So that's why I didn't like the Carrie remake as much because it's like I'm not. You're not making me believe that she's moving stuff with her mind. You're making me believe somebody's with a computer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and so. like, but like when you're talking about psychokinesis, like, how hard is it anyway to just put a fucking inanimate object on some fishing line? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it's not a hard effect. Actually, even easier nowadays because we have the computers to erase that fishing line. Exactly. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you use like a freaking like, ball of twine it? to hang yeah. it, have it hang from. You can erase that shit. Exactly. Like you would think that there would be more of just a melding of those two technologies, you know, really utilize the practical, but then use the CGI to make it look even more realistic as opposed to just spending the money and doing the whole thing on a fucking computer. Yeah. Like, wouldn't it cost like a thousand times more to do CGI than to just dangle a fucking steak knife on a fishing line? I mean, that's like a $2 effect. Why would you even? Who in the right well, mind would CGI it's, that? It's safer to use Fuck CGI. Safety. <laughs> well, if safety's <laughs> for rich people. Well, uh, on the actual day, on the actual set, time is money, and we know better than anyone else, especially shooting this music video, that just hanging something on string doesn't necessarily mean it's going to go where exactly you want Fuck it to go no. every single take. So. I get why they do it. I think it's lazy, but I get why they do it. And when I say lazy, I mean that in the broad scale, because I know there's way more factors than just like, oh, I don't want to do it. You know, of like time and money and whatnot. But I clump it all in as just being 
filmmaker laziness. Lazy, lazy. But fuck split screen. That's all I'm saying. Hey, Brian De Palma. Exactly. God damn it. That's why I love him. I love the split screen shit. Ugh. Yeah. I get a little butt hurt when he doesn't do a split screen shot in this movie. Or <laughs> <laughs> like Vaseline on the camera. That yeah. old. <laughs> yeah, I gotta have some Vaseline on a camera in a scene, you know? And you got yourself a Brian De Palma movie. Um, also, I was looking at this list... You know, and again, I'm just, there's a tie, I think a three-way tie for um, having three films within the same franchise. Uh, Creepshow has two sequels, one, like part three, we shouldn't even ever talk (laughs) about again. But Sometimes They Come Back had two sequels. Did anybody actually see Sometimes They Come Back? I've never seen any of those I've seen the first one. And I've seen the first it. one too, and I don't remember a damn thing about um, it. Michael Gross is in it, right? Is he? I don't know. Well, I thought he was in one. I don't know. You thinking of Tremors or Family Ties or? Well, I'm always <laughs> Family Ties. True. But that I think that's just funny. That movie of all of them got like two sequels. And I I remember kind of liking the first one, but I don't remember why. <laughs> like it's been that long. 2002 they did a Firestarter sequel Firestarter 2 The Rekindling (laughs) Oh Oh, god yeah (laughs) Now I think I ask this every time We get on like Either talking about Stephen King or more importantly Maximum Overdrive Anybody So like in the mid 90's They started doing all these made for TV remakes of Of his older films um, like The Shining or um... The Shining. Okay, wait. Okay, Hold that on. would cut that. Yeah, I'm with Terry on this one. Go, Terry. I I just wanted. Can we like talk about the Shining miniseries for a second? Because well, I just watched it all, and it was like four and a half hours for this episode. So we will just one quick sec. I just want to ask because I think I ask it every time. Has anybody seen Trucks? No. I don't even know what you're talking about. Which True. is what Maximum Overdrive was based on right yeah it's a short story yeah so in 97 when they started doing all these like reworks of the older films they kind of sort of did a direct video remake of maximum overdrive but under the original short story title which was called trucks and i've never seen it i've never been able to find a copy that's for the best probably (laughs) i assume so yeah (laughs) so my my search to find out what the fuck is trucks all about continues so we can move back on to Shining. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, has anyone else seen the miniseries? Yeah. It, well, it, <coughs> it's been, well, probably since it was on, but I remember loving the fuck out of it because I just read the book. Yeah. I mean... Oh, closer to the book, right? Oh, way closer. Like, but yeah, I mean... Like, everyone fucking... Okay. Now, let me preface this by saying that the Stanley Kubrick Shining is awesome, and I love it. Uh, it's a great yeah. movie. Everybody but loves it. This is great. If we're talking, like, Stephen King films, it is very loosely adapted from his book. Whereas yeah. this version of The Shining, obviously, 
Stephen King was pissed at Kubrick's version. We all know, we've heard stories about how much he fucking hated it. Because it's really a pretty far cry from the original source material. And so he got Mick Garris to direct this miniseries starring Steven Weber. And it is way closer to the actual book. And I thought, you know, I it had been a really long time since I'd seen it. And I wasn't sure how well it was going to go over. But I really actually liked it. Like, there were a few effects that were pretty dated. Like, there are some scenes involving the topiaries in the yard, which is nowhere in the uh, Kubrick version, but it was a huge thing in the book, is that there are these massive, like, animal topiaries in the yard that, like, come to life and start to chase after people. So, like, (laughs) on a made-for-TV budget, it wasn't... Yeah, those weren't the greatest effects. But, I mean, the fact that they tried makes me love them a little bit because that was one of my favorite parts in the book were these crazy topiaries and, yeah, like the maze shit. Like, there's, like, nothing about that. Like, that's not even in the book, if I recall. Like, Kubrick definitely took his, his liberties with the original story, so... And I, I really, I I really liked it, and I thought Stephen Weber does he does a really good job, um, and Rebecca De Mornay, De Mornay, however I don't know. No, you're you're that. right. Rebecca yeah, she she does a really good job as the mom. And then the creepy kid. <laughs> okay, can I just he say he's creepy as fuck. He he did a pretty good job, but I was so thrown because <sighs> fucking kid who plays Danny is the same kid who was uh-huh in the little rascals movie from the 90s and like also he's creepy well well and and in his first scene once i figured out that's who he was like he literally said uh-huh like three times and I'm like, oh my god, I'm not going to be able to take this kid <laughs> seriously. Right. It's Little Rascals and the Overlook Hotel. Um, <laughs> but, oh, I I, uh, I really liked it. Oh, holy shit. Sorry, I just had a revelation on the IMDb page. Oh god. Cynthia Garris? Is she, she's, I'm assuming, related to Mick Garris. That'd be probably maybe his wife or his daughter or something, but yeah, she's the bathtub. She's she's the bathtub lady. Oh okay. Yeah, they've version. been married since say, uh, <laughs> May thirteenth, eighty two. Yay, the day after my birthday. Aww. But well, yeah, but they just—I thought they really did a good job. I mean, they really there are some parts that are a little cheesier. Like I just wish that there was a version out there that was like, just like. A melding of these like the mood and the the style of Kubrick's with like the whole storyline of the McGarris version like just put them together and it would be the best thing ever I mean people would freak the fuck out if there was another version of this but like I would I'd be okay (laughs) if there was a more modernized you know 
like be to- not made for TV movie. Basically, is what it would, comes down to. I would to. be totally open to another mini series or like a really well made longer movie. I Just mean, it's something really- that's close to the material, even though I like the other versions. Well, yeah, and that's just the whole thing. Like the Kubrick version is is awesome, but it's its own beast. You it's, know? Yeah, like, it's its own entity, and that's and it'll always be good. Nothing's gonna yeah. take that. But I'd like to see a close version. And Jack Nicholson does such a great job, but you know the way I think that part of the. The fact that it was just done in this is like a two. I don't even remember how long the original Three was. Part. Like two, two hours for the orig- for the Kubrick movie, right? Oh Probably. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just the whole one of. The, I guess I'm always um, a fan of like long drawn out uh, like mental breakdowns. Like I love watching that shit, which is like the main thing about this book that I love is just like this slow degradation it's not so quick like, yeah it's not that it's super quick in the kubrick version but it's definitely a lot faster than you you would expect i want like, it to be, i like i would watch a mini i would rather watch a mini series of it than you know i'd rather it be mm-hmm. more drawn out personally i'd rather yeah. it be more slow burn of him losing his mind. Well, in, in the Kubrick version, as much as I love it, it's more to me, it's not that he's losing his mind in some scenes. It's just, he's just really getting frustrated. Like, exactly. Like, oh, fuck my family. God damn it. I'm trying to write a book. But in, in, the, in the book and in the miniseries, he's literally just going nuts. Yeah, and he's being haunted, like literally being yeah. haunted, which they really don't focus on that very much. And like all of the weird stuff with with Danny and his his shine shining ability, which is I mean, obviously the fucking title of the book and movie. The shining. <laughs> the shining. Sorry, but, Simpsons. <laughs> uh I mean that's and that had more of a focus in the miniseries and they really dive into it more which is good because yeah. that's kind of the whole point is the ghosts in this hotel are trying to get um what the fuck um Jack yeah to uh fucking kill his son because the ghosts are scared of his, the son's abilities his shining abilities like that's and you really don't point. get that in the movie in exactly the there, there are so, so many things to love about both. It's just, it's yeah. But it's, if we're it, talking like Stephen King, like <laughs> I mean, if we're to, it, yeah, you get the best uh, in a way. You get the best out of the miniseries. You get more Stephen King out of the miniseries. You get the Stephen King adaptation, like the real one from the miniseries. Yeah, the movie is awesome and loosely adapted, but not obviously not what King wanted. Yeah. But still awesome. So don't oh, like, yeah. send us hate mail or something. I mean, the, <laughs> the Kubrick movie is a classic for a fucking reason. I mean, Kubrick damn near did well, no yeah. wrong. He just did, he did, he took the, the story and did what he wanted to because <laughs> fuck, he could. His, his fucking style and, and I mean, I don't know if, has anyone seen the Room 237 documentary? It's really no. interesting no. to see. I've been like, wanting to though. 
all of these crazy conspiracy theories about why Kubrick did what he did and why he changed the things that he did. Like even something as little as how it's room 237, but in the book and in the miniseries, it's actually room 217. I think, as much as I want to see that documentary, I think it's all just a bunch of bunk. Oh, it is. But it's really interesting to see where people, you know, the things that people come up with and... I mean, yeah. I'd love to think that uh, Kubrick was seriously that fucking, like, (laughs) you know, crazy and had that much attention to detail, but he clearly didn't. I mean, he was nuts in a good way, in a different way, but not not when it came to this fucking movie. So, yeah, that's that's my piece on the miniseries. I really enjoyed it, and I would encourage people to check it out. If you can find it. The only reason I could watch it is I actually picked up a copy at a convention this past year and was able to watch it, thankfully. But I really liked it. I thought it was good. Good. I'll have to watch it. Yeah. It's good stuff. And Steven Weber does a really good job as the main character. I was a little concerned, you know, because I mostly just know him from, like, Wings. So Right. <laughs> not to say that wings is a bad show by any means but yes so there's that nice john john (laughs) john john (laughs) did he did he he oh jerk i had What else? I, I feel like I watched something else for this episode in preparation. Has anyone else seen the the probably the newest Stephen King film I've seen was The Cell with John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson? That was good. I didn't say that. I was asking. Oh, I haven't <laughs> seen it. No. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah, I it it wasn't very good. <laughs> Which is slightly disappointing because I fucking love John Cusack. Um, it was okay. I mean, the whole premise of it, I mean, it's based on his book, Cell. Not a hard, hard yeah. jump there. Um, but <laughs> the whole premise is that, like, all at once, anyone, you know, people's cell phones turn them into zombies, basically. And at so, any moment? Yeah, Whoa. like there's there's a virus spread through cell phones, and so only people who were offline at the time or have avoided their cell phones are unaffected, and it's just like this dysto- dystopian world where you have to avoid all cell phones or you become infected. And hmm. It's an interesting story, but the movie I didn't feel was super well executed. That was that had been in development for ages too. Like I remember when the book first came out, like Eli Roth was attached to direct it at one point. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought Jennifer Lopez was good in it though. What? What? The cell, right? Oh, oh. Also, no, you're wrong. No, I know. I, <laughs> double, double wrong on that one. 
Speaking yeah. of wrong, John, now that you're back. Yeah. What really though? But seriously, maximum but. overdrive. What is it? Just the music? Yeah, it's. <laughs> you're gonna Dude, let you're, really you're gonna, gonna sit through an hour and a half of ACDC. I'd rather fucking cut off my own hands. But the but the movie. <laughs> no, Dude, no, I, ACDC. I fucking hate that band. I disagree with him on the music, but I will agree that music can ruin a movie. I know, okay. I know. Okay. I was making sure we weren't going down just that to path. know that was it, the uh, only reason. Seriously, ACDC. Ugh. I, I used to joke with my coworker because he's like, yeah, I saw him in concert and they, they had different props for each song. And I'm like, yeah, oh. you know why? And he goes, why? So you can tell the songs apart. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 Fucking hate that band. I know they just remade it later. Um, instead of Trucks, it's Mist. It's the same movie, but... <laughs> but, like... Right? It's the same movie. <laughs> But is that little kid supposed to be Emilio Estevez? Anyway, I just I just wanted I just wasn't sure. All right, I give you that. <laughs> but what about the segue that ties it all together? Castle Rock. That's right. Yeah. Hell yeah. Did that not look I, fucking awesome or what? I am so excited for that show cuz yeah, I mean God, I watched something else, and I can't fucking remember what I watched in prep for this episode, and it's driving me crazy. Oh! No, I remembered. But, um, anyway, yeah, every single thing you watch, I mean, usually Castle Rock is mentioned, and so, yeah, they're making that yeah. series yeah. that's just all based in the Stephen King universe, and it's so fucking cool! Even and I mean... I'm excited for that shit. Yeah. I yeah. love it when they tie you all... When they tie all kinds of shit together like that. It, it, it's that's just awesome. Like, and I'm sure they'll they'll adapt like some Joe Hill stuff because he's also had those ties. It'll just be amazing. You're just a continuity junkie. Who me? <laughs> yes. Uh, kinda. Yeah, I am. It's like your shit. It's decades of being a comic book nerd. Yep. <laughs> Tied together. Yep. It's fun. It's cool. Well, this is the fucking like mother they, load. Like right? I want to know how they're. Yeah. I wonder how they're going to explain, you know, Nosferatu-looking vampires coexisting in the same world as, like, freaking the Lawnmower Man. <laughs> I don't know if Castle Carp Rock girl. is mentioned in Lawnmower Man. <laughs> yeah. I have to look into that. But, I mean, a majority of of his works seem to be set in that, you know, kind of East Coast, Maine they, yeah, they have that New kind England of, vibe e- to them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, everything nowadays has to have that, you know, shared universe, shared universe, oh, Marvel shared universe, uh, whatever. <laughs> this I mean, one actually sounds interesting, and yeah, I'm not even the biggest fan of Because he's been building on this for, I mean, just so subtly, like, for decades upon decades in his books. Like, he's just continued to use that same premise and now it's all coming full circle. Well, it, I don't... And really, I mean, for a while there, all, the shared universe could just be like, yep, New England. And that's perfect. Exactly. Like, like I don't... Just, that new, for some reason, New England, because of Stephen King, sounds like the scariest goddamn place on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think I ever want to visit. Like, well, see, I don't know like, what's going to happen. I honestly don't think that Stephen King intended for something like this to ever no. happen. No, I honestly think that 
he might have been a little lazy at times and just decided, hey, let's make it Castle Rock. Let's let's make it Castle it's Rock. Exactly. I don't think that I'm either. I just think it's just and this is his plan all along. <laughs> to in thirty years have a TV show. Like it'd be amazing if he could sit there and claim that he's been planning this for for and decades. And I'd let him do it. Sure. Yeah, I probably would too. Like, but well, I really I, don't think that that's the case. I can't argue with this guy. He might kill me in my sleep. I I I don't think so. I I, yeah. I call in between on all of on both your guys' oh, okay. arguments I mean, you're there. Oh right. I think it, it's kind of like just more of just yeah. a nod to the to to his fans and stuff that he includes that stuff. Exactly. I think more than anything else, you know. I, don't I think, think it's it was, more like like Tarantino kind of ties shit together, but like yeah, but we'll never see a, a movie want, that has all those characters in it. Yeah, well, like, we we even set all our movies in the same town. Always have so yeah, yeah. it's just a thing you do. So <laughs> so yeah, it's not the it's not I mean, he's not the only person that's ever done it, and he's not it's not the first time, and obviously and won't be the last. But I mean, we live in a day and age now, like you said, John, like. Now everybody is wanting to tie everything together. I mean, shit. There's like all those. There all. There's all those conspiracy theories out there about how all the Pixar movies take place in the same universe. Uh, they do. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> they, no, no, they, like I think that's actually been confirmed. Terry's right. Yeah. No, I'm they with do. On this. And I don't even watch all those movies, but I, you know. Have you fucking? Uh, we are not gonna talk about Pixar. Yeah, that's, they, just, that's, that's a just... whole other episode, Terry. Like we seriously could go on for. Two hours just on that shit, but I, but everything needs to be a shared universe, and I just I don't hate that idea. It's I just, mean, I like the effort you know. of the authors to really, you know, just try to just the little nods for the fans is all I need. But if they can take it to this fucking level, then hell yeah, I'll take it. But sometimes I just want a movie to be its own thing. I mean that that's yeah. my beef with a lot of the superhero stuff. Well, if you watch this movie, you see you know stuff, you know connecting the next movie and then this movie and then that movie, and I'm like, just make a fucking superhero movie. But the difference is, is all those characters do exist in the same I universe. I know, but like, but you know, like how the Batman movies were back in the day, they just well the first two that actually matter. <laughs> I don't because fuck anything beyond. Batman Returns, but you know what I mean? Like, I know everything exists in the same world, but just give me a good fucking story. That's all I want. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. I don't, I don't but, have to want, I don't need, how am I and why, but I why is, see all these other fucking movies to appreciate these movies even more, like, one and done kind of thing. And yeah. why there's hope for this is JJ makes a yeah. good, makes a good product. Fuck yeah! So that he's he and Stephen King are working on this together. That's what's exciting. Well, I feel like did he work on the eleven um, twenty two sixty three miniseries? I feel like he did. Yeah, I think he did. And I wanted to. And I still haven't seen that. It's not really horror. No. No, I want to. I I mean I'm really intrigued by the whole thing. Yeah, I've always wanted to read that book, but it's like a million pages, so it's always <laughs> seemed incredibly daunting. But yes. I really want to tackle the miniseries, <laughs> and because... that's and that's how all books look like to me. <laughs> it's it's like well over a thousand pages. Like Sorry, you really can't get into the little engine that could, but whatever. The audiobook is like over thirty discs. Jesus, like, it Jesus is, Christ! Like, Good <laughs> Lord, is that, and that's James Franco, right? 
he is in yeah he's in the miniseries yeah. it's a hulu one so yeah it's pretty easy access but i'm pretty sure jj was was yeah i'm i'm 90 percent sure that yeah. he was of that and to watch that it's definitely something i want to see and i i don't know why i haven't gotten around because you can buy it now i mean it's yeah yeah you can buy it let up buy it but looks good history oh yeah conspiracies and things fun I mean, history, you know, time travel and JFK. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, old. Oh, wait, you said time travel. You shouldn't have said that. Nope. <laughs> Guess what, everybody? Now Jason's never going to watch it. Nope. Um, really? God nope. damn it, Jason. I remembered one I watched for this. Okay. Graveyard Shift. Oh, that's Ooh, so weird. Gosh. I was looking at the lists, figuring out how to tie it back to the show, and I was staring at Graveyard Shifts like, I don't know if we've ever talked about Graveyard Shifts. I just watched it, and never ever had seen it before, and it was awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's been ages since I've seen it, but I fucking love the hell out of it. I mean, I had no idea. Like, I think it. this was just a short story. Yeah, I think it's, so. Um. But I had no idea, because I had never read the short story, nor had I seen this movie. I had no idea what it was about going in. So I was like, textile mill, okay. Is this anything like The Mangler? Because wasn't, wasn't that a textile mill, too? Or what kind Something of mill was like that? that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen that one, too. Um, maybe it's based on the same story. I don't even... I could. haven't even really looked into that. But Who knows? Could be... Um, Again, like Stephen King, revisits a lot of things. Yeah, but yeah, um, (laughs) what threw me the most was fucking Monster Squad. Dad is the bad dude in this. (laughs) I was like, what? I didn't even recognize him at first. After I was trying to fucking understand what he was saying, because his (laughs) freaking accent is so hard to understand. I don't even know, was he like Cajun sounding or something? I just, I had the hardest time hearing what he was saying. I had to turn on the the subtitle just to make sure I understood. It's just that fucking main accent. I guess, yeah, it was just thick. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was it was awesome. Fun little, little story. Andrew Devoff is in it. Which was cool, and Brad Dorif. Yeah. Obviously, say all you need is Brad Dorif. I mean, as the exterminator, he was fucking he's awesome. The, he's the best in everything he does. Yeah, steals the show for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good one. A highly underrated one, I think. Yeah, I yeah, love I the cover so. of it. Oh the, yeah, that that's one that when when I go to the you know the the rental place to look at movies like it just i'd look at it and be like i kind of need to see that and my mom's like nope no you don't <laughs> you don't need to see that I'm like but it's got a skull on it mom <laughs> nope I mean, no, it's, no you don't it's just it's kind of a silly story when you think about it and maybe that is i oh, mean sure. you have a textile mill and they were <clears throat> rats and <clears throat> the whole premise is that there's like this giant rat bat thing 
it all that matters. I think it's supposed to be a rat, but then there are points where like it wraps like wings around people and like eats them, and I'm like, that looks like a bat, not a rat. So I it's, don't know. It's a mother rat, just like you know, the queen ant has wings. It's the same thing. <laughs> okay. That's how it works. Uh, <laughs> I mean, a, a bat is a rat with wings, basically. It, basically, so. yeah. bats are demons. Okay, they're, bats are adorable. They're, they're evil, monstrous creatures. That wonder, they're adorable until they're flying around your head. And they're not adorable at all. They're adorable when they're dead. That's about <laughs> it. Wow. But I mean, that's really all. The whole premise is just that there's like this giant rat and this infestation of rats and they're trying to get rid of them for the mill and people die yeah it's just a it's just a fun (laughs) you know rat rat horror movie you know and i'm a sucker for rat rat movies i i love yeah like oh still one of my all-time favorites is um of unknown origin with peter weller such Mm -hmm. a great movie i haven't seen it oh it's basic because because by the time you get to the third act, the rest of the movie is just... There's very little characters in the movie, and it's just Peter Weller fighting this rat for the last 20, 30 minutes of the movie. That just, sounds awesome. Yeah, it's 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 like a Looney Tunes cartoon, but way more violent and and <laughs> uh, and, and scary. So <clears throat> Anyway, but yeah, but Graveyard Shift... Love, yeah, it, it love was, me some it was killer rats. Yeah. yeah, and I and like I said, I was not at all expecting like just like a fun little creature feature when I was going in. Like I had no idea, so I was kind of surprised, but it was fun. Well, see, it, somehow I was familiar with this story before the movie ever came out, and I don't I don't know why, because um, I don't think I ever read it. But I remember years before this movie came out. And there was always talk of them turning this into a movie. Then I go into the video store, and there on the shelf is a movie called Graveyard Shift. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. This has got to be it. And I'm, I look closer at the box, and it's about vampires. I'm like, wait a minute. This isn't about killer rats. What the hell? So, yeah, there was a movie that managed to capitalize on the title of Graveyard Shift before they finally got off their asses and adapted the Stephen King story. Was it an asylum movie? <laughs> no, this way this predates the asylum by a long shot. I'm just kidding. I sadly might own this movie. Oh. I think you might because it's got a re-release on 1987. Oh, the original Graveyard Shift. Yeah, it has vampire a vampire who works as a taxi driver. Yes, that's it. And yeah. Does what it, the fuck? Uh, does it have a? Does it list the other up. title in there somewhere? Because it was released. Central Park Drifter. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the the one that I have. Central Park Drifter. Released on Shriek Show. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I bought it because Shriek Show. Yeah. Anything I mean, Shriek I, Show. Everything they put out is great, but I'd buy it if I see it, just because you never know. Exactly. <laughs> Weird. Spoiler alert! It sucks. <laughs> yeah, it, was it does. Almost rated as high as the other graveyard shift on IMDb. What? <laughs> almost. Not okay. This should be rated at all. Oh. <laughs> and I don't. So I don't think I've ever seen that graveyard shift. Um, I think I just seen it the one time when it first came out on video, and I remember hating it because I was hoping for the Stephen King rat movie. So. <laughs> so you're saying it still sucks, right, John? Yeah, from what I remember. <laughs> Sucks. Yeah. Vampires get it. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, God, there's a sequel. Yeah, there is a part two. Why would he make a part two? Because, again, I guarantee that movie sold a shit ton of VHS back in the day only because it was called Graveyard Shift. The yeah. Understudy. Yep. Graveyard Shift 2. I want, I want that one just because it's called The Understudy. <laughs> I don't know why. I just <sighs> Sorry. Anybody seen the Langoliers besides me? Yes. Yes. Okay, oh, that's a million what I years ago. I really liked it. I liked Let's the Langoliers. Let's talk about that. I mean, the CGI work in that is worse than Lawnmower Man. Sure. And, well, yeah. And I mean, it was like for TV movie CGI back in the nineties. What yeah. did you expect? Yeah, but can we just like how many TV made-for-TV miniseries were based on Stephen King books? All like, of them. Wait. So many. Way it's, too many, it's honestly. It's so crazy. Way too many, because I still I I'm gonna argue, I'm gonna say this again. I just feel like Stephen King material deserves to be theatrical and not for commercial television. Well, and I'm hoping I mean, because it was originally a TV miniseries, so I'm hoping yeah. that if this new it movie well, movies, if they do well maybe we'll get more like awesome new adaptations of this of this original source material and it'll be amazing yeah i'd be cool with that i hope you're right because 1408 was the last theatrical stephen king movie that's been made and that was 2007 whoa well wasn't i mean i the mist wasn't well the mist was also 2007 okay okay did I guess I was thinking Cell might have had a, a I don't think it had a release. Maybe uh, I thought it got dumped straight to like streaming. I mm. yeah, that's from my guess. Oh well, well and Carrie. Well, yeah, Carrie. if you want to call count the remake, yeah. Oh. yeah. So Langoliers. <laughs> yeah. I actually really want to talk about this one. I really like. Okay, the 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 miniseries itself probably could have been better, but mm-hmm. I really love the story of it. Well, I do too, and I like how I like the concept, and I yeah. like how how they have to figure the shit out. They're in this, you know, and you're you're along for the ride because you don't have any answers either. So and, I, I yeah. like them peeling back the layers of what of what is actually going on. So so the whole thing is for the readers. I, I'm I'm <laughs> not gonna have all the perfect details on it, but basically, some people on a plane were asleep. And when they wake up, like, the crew and most of the passengers are gone. And essentially, they they went back in time through, like, a wormhole, would you say? Yeah, something like that. And uh, they're in the past. Like, the food tastes horrible. Like, everything is raw, like, just off. And they hear this noise coming from the distance, and it's it ends up being the Langoliers that go through... And eat the past. Yeah, because the concept of time travel in this isn't what you would normally think of time travel. Yeah. You go back in the past and there's the younger version of yourself or whatever. You get to make out with your hot wife who's Leah Thompson, or your hot mom who's Leah Thompson. But uh, <laughs> So hot, so uh, hot. Oh. I always confuse this one with the Tommyknockers. Which oh, yeah. I know That's I've a, seen the yeah. Tommyknockers, but I don't know if I remember this one. But oh, this one's so good. The concept of time in this is like, you know, the only the present is is like 
I don't know how to describe it. It's it's almost like there's the present, and then there's the last like I don't know. Let's say twenty four hours. Yeah. Then after that, like as time moves forward, it the it's, last twenty four hours get eaten a lot. Like it just moves along. It's like, like you it's, go beyond twenty four hours or whatever. <coughs> I it's like you that moved out. Sense. You moved out of your apartment and the building got condemned. Is is kind of what it's like. Like that's like that's what that's what like you've moved on to to the next thing and that's the present and like the leftovers are just kind of stagnant in there until the Langoliers erase it. Yeah, it's it's such it's, a it's, it's such a avant garde concept that it's it's impossible to explain. It's more sci fi than horror, but it's it's seriously like you have you have that twenty four hours of your life. You could go back twenty four hours, but that like, but only from that moment that you. I don't know. I don't know how I'm trying to say this. Like, you can only go back so far. <coughs> yeah. I guess well, because you can't go any it. further back because it's just it doesn't exist because the Langoliers have destroyed. Yeah, it. they they are there to consume time. And so even, yeah, so when you go so when you go back, there's no there's nobody else there because everybody is is still moving forward. Everybody's moving forward, and that's why the food is stale because yeah. it's just a part of the past. It's it's kind of hard to describe if you haven't seen it. Yeah, but it's really good. I mean, for being a TV movie, I was so excited when this originally aired. I mean, Stephen King and. Bronson Pinchot, you know, you, you can't go wrong. That's so right. It, it says that Tom Holland, like, stars in this? He's in it. And, oh, that's you right. Know, he is time, in it. I didn't know who the hell he was, so I yeah. can't tell you anything. It says his that. name is Harker. Yeah. And he's in both episodes. Yeah. Well, Tom, Har- Tom Holland did, a, did quite a bit of acting back in the day, too. Yeah. I mean, that's what he originally was anyway, but. Yeah. But the the not that I'm gonna even begin to try to explain the ending for the Langoliers, but it ends up being pretty fucking depressing from what I remember. Do you remember that being well, that I me- way? I remember they they finally make it back, but like they get back, but the whole thing was they have to be passed out, or what? They have to be asleep. But in order, yeah. but the only way they could make people pass out was something about. Something with the oxygen, but somebody had to be awake to like turn the switch back on. But that meant that they would oh, because they they, they 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 yeah they had to be a sacrifice yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and it was kind of like it was kind of depressing. But yeah, in a good, but in a good way, I guess. The, the most standout thing I remember the ending is literally the last shot is they realize they're back you know because there's other people around and stuff. Yeah, and they they do like a. Like a jump, be like, yeah, in the air, and it freeze frames. And I'm like, I really, really, we're gonna do and a freeze frame. Stuck like that, and then the Langoliers come along and eat them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anytime you got Balky Bartokamus as the bad guy in the movie, yeah. I'm game, man. I just remember he was such a raging, like, rich asshole. Well, and then he just goes like psycho. He just goes fucking crazy. Oh, yeah, that's right, he does. And like. And that's that's kind of a Stephen King trope too. When you get like, when when it's these it's this group dynamic, and there's always there's that one character that ends up it's not the main antagonist of the story, but becomes a pretty antagonistic character. Yeah. 
Just like the but, old lady in the mist, or the uh, the church lady in the mist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Langoliers. I I recommend it. Yeah, um, I, it obviously. I love it. I'm gonna have to find a copy of that now. Yeah, ditto. It's obviously '90s television, so keep that in mind. <laughs> oh God, it, be sympathetic. Oh. You know, but, uh, those three D effects. That, yeah. that CGI is horrible. It's As like dirty. it's like they were trying to like do little Pac-Mans, but they couldn't even do <laughs> a good-looking Pac-Man. Pac-Man with angry teeth. Yeah. <laughs> As dorky as some of those '90s miniseries were that were adapted from his stuff, they're still awesome. Like they're, one of my yeah. fa- one of my favorites is Rose Red. I love that miniseries. I don't remember I how much I liked it, but I remember like, like haunted house. No one's uh, no one else has seen Rose Red. I mean, I've seen it, but it's it's. I'm Rose Red was what. Rose Red was was kind of later in that cycle too. By the way, that was like 2002. Yeah, that was a yeah. That's right. But but Rose Red itself, the book it was kind of a nice. miniseries, wasn't it? <laughs> well, I think um, that was I think that was the book that he did that he broke up into individual chapters and released the individual chapters as separate books. Oh. They were, like, sure. they were like small, way small, thinner books, and so they weren't very expensive. Little novellas, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, I mean, it's got fucking Julian Sands and Melanie Linsky. Ooh. And yeah. has lots of good uh, people in it. But I, I remember loving it. And, did, um... Well, speaking of that, then, did, has anybody ever watched that Kingdom Hospital? I never did. I was just about to that. bring that up, because it's an a- adaptation of uh, Lars von Trier's uh, miniseries, oh, you know, overseas, which I've never seen. But yeah, I remember loving the hell out of Kingdom Hospital at first, and then it kind of fell off I've never fucking heard of this. Really? I think... I think it, it was, was an ex- it was a thing that Stephen King had did that was like the show was, first and then a book he, or something. Yeah, it says no, he's it, the creator of the show. He sa- it says he's the creator, but it was based on Lars von Trier's original miniseries over in uh, Norway or whatever. Lars right. von Trier land. And then Stephen well, King, ad- ad- you know, did an ab- adaptation for it here in the U.S. But, I mean, and they've it, done that before. I mean, the fucking um, uh, Storm of the Century. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure that was a series before it was put in book form. Like, the book Maybe. that we have at our library is just the screenplay in mm. book form. Like, I think okay. that it was just produced, it, it was just created, and then, Yeah that stuff okay. so yeah they which is kingdom also hospital a really awesome show is based on kingdom which is a danish uh mini series hmm. so probably the same kind of idea but of course i've seen it because yeah this just, is awesome i've never fucking heard of this shit <laughs> it, it, i remember it started off really really amazing and then i got kind of got let down as it went on but it's been so long. I mean, it's. I, it was pretty creepy in the beginning. 
sweet. Anybody else remember much? I mean, come on, people. Uh, I honestly hadn't seen it. I just was curious if anybody oh, else really? I, I mean, yeah. Andrew McCarthy was pretty good because he plays a doctor, and you got... Oh, God. Diane Ladd, I remember being really great in it, but it, fuck, it's been so, so... I mean, last time I saw it was when it originally aired. I mean, there was 13 episodes. And that well, was 13 years ago. You sold me on Andrew McCarthy, man. <laughs> I figured you I figured you'd get rock hard. <laughs> anybody anybody from Weekend Bur- Weekend at Bernie's or Master Thesbians to me. <laughs> and Ed Bagley Jr. I mean Christ, that guy's a genius. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and so since we're speaking of his television stuff, did anybody watch that the Dead Zone TV show with Anthony Michael Hall? I did no. when it was first out. I know of it. Ago. It was on for quite a while too. It, it was. It had a big long yeah, it was popular. Run. Yeah. Speaking of the dead zone, though, what about the original movie? Did we? We didn't talk about that, did we? No, not really. No. Um, I, that's another one I watched for this because <laughs> I thought I hadn't seen it, and then I had after I started watching it. I remembered. Well, remind me of it because I haven't seen it since like forever. Okay, uh, Christopher Walken. Yeah, sold. <laughs> if that doesn't <laughs> jog your memory. Um, yeah, no, he gets into a car accident, and then he wakes up with this ability to see um, the future, basically. Or he sees how mm-hmm. people are going to die and things like that. Um, oh, and then it comes becomes like a... A plot to save the president or something like that, right? Right. Well, like, he gets roped into helping... Well, Tom Skerritt is in it as, like, a sheriff, and he ropes him into helping him solve this serial killer case, and he helps him, and then he kind of goes into hiding and gets roped into, like, Martin Sheen plays a president or a a senator candidate or something, which he gets pegged into that role, and that's fine, Um, but, yeah, like, he shakes his hand, and he, he foresees, like how he's going to become the president and he's going to fucking destroy the world basically. And yeah. So he like tries to stop him and it was really, it's a really good movie though. I really enjoyed it. Christopher Walken is awesome in more serious roles, even though he gets pegged into silly things anymore. But Yeah. No, he's a great actor. He is. He's really good. I just love that scene where he's trying to convince the uh, father character to, uh, you know, save his son. He's mm-hmm. like, he fucking smashes the table with his, his cane and he's like, oh, yeah. The ice the is going to break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And that, and I mentioned before, that one's directed by David Cronenberg. So. Yeah. Yeah. Which was surprising when I started watching it and I saw that in the credits. I'm like, oh, okay. Yep. All right. Yeah. It's, it's probably pretty, uh, you know, politically relevant right now. Oh, it, for so, sure. Like, I was uh, like, man, <laughs> more people should be watching this right now. Uh, maybe, yeah. maybe I shouldn't rewatch it because I think <laughs> it'll be too scary now. And it, it, uh, it is interesting to have, like, you know, a main character, like a good guy who is assassinating the president. 
it's exactly. kind of like yeah it's cool and i think stephen king's <laughs> talked about how you know yeah kind of had to walk a line to make that kind of character is sympathetic because he's yeah. like fucking gonna assassinate the president <laughs> <laughs> yeah i want to i want to revisit the series because i i mean there were six seasons of the series yeah. with anthony michael hall and i remember it airing all the time like more late night i think is when <coughs> I probably just reruns but i feel like i enjoyed it all right I like Anthony Michael Hall enough to watch it, so... Well, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anybody from Weird Science. So yeah. <laughs> Master Thespian. Anybody Say that about from every movies from the 80s, or just any movie from the 80s. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, pretty much. <laughs> Found out Mike's wheelhouse. <laughs> but, uh... The, ori- the original Dead Zone, as I recall, it's pretty bloody too isn't there like some pretty gnarly gore <coughs> that? in in the series wait what the movie. the movie gore the movie gore what? I'm just yeah <laughs> gore like blood was the original <laughs> movie gory Terry oh I'm sorry I spaced out for a second <laughs> 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 <It's just> like, <laughs> um, no, I don't really feel like there was that. I mean, there was some there. Um, uh, but as long as far as like the serial killer, there was some gore because he figures out who it is and they go to his house and they find the guy is jammed scissors in his own face to kill himself. Yeah, but that yeah. was probably the goriest part, but nothing too crazy. Word for the shit we're <laughs> used to watching. That's right. Yeah, exactly. I'm so desensitized. I'm like, that's nothing. <coughs> yeah, the old scissors in the face. Call me when you yeah. get something real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely tamed by David Cronenberg standards, of course, yeah. in the yeah, 80s, too. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Any what's, other uh, I was going to ask, what's everyone's favorite Stephen King cameo? <laughs> nice. Creep show. Creep I was going to say, should we eliminate yeah, Creep show there too? Just oh, what? Cause... No. Well, that's, just, that's easy. It's Jordy Farrell. Uh, oh, shit. Sure. Yeah, it's right. not really a cameo. It's like a full on. He's like role. a role. All right. Okay, fine. Um, I've got one that's not even in his movies. <laughs> Does that count? Sure. Well, yeah. It's only because I want to know. Well, there's the Sons of Anarchy show. Really? He shows up in that? Yeah. He's in in one or two episodes, I can't remember, but he plays this guy who's like a crime scene cleaner. Like, he's like the expert crime scene cleaner, (laughs) and you call him, and he comes, and he cleans up your murder scenes for you. But he was pretty funny in that show. I need that. I mean, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing, too. Like, it's... He's usually being kind of goofy in the roles that he's playing. Yeah. Because he's a goofy-looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I'm trying to remember his cameos. I'm pulling up his IMDb right now, see if anything stands out. Otherwise, I'm going to have to agree with John and say uh, uh, Sleepwalkers. <laughs> so I can like truly remember. Well, that and since I just recently watched Thinner, that one stands out to me. Yeah. Sure, sure. 
And I know he was also he he was also in uh, Pet Cemetery. Yes, the minister. Yeah. Uh, I think I would have to. Probably my favorite is in Maximum Overdrive. When he's <gasps> at the That's it. Machine. That's yes. mine. God damn it. Yes. Honey, this, this machine. machine just called me an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> hey there, sh- honey buns. Come over here. <laughs> yes. He's got a cameo in Sleepwalkers, too. Yep. <laughs> Apparently he he had a voice cameo in Diary of the Dead. I saw that. So there's another Romero collaboration. He called in on Frasier. Did he really? He was one of the voices. Yeah. That was actually one of my favorite parts of Frasier. Like, who was the celebrity guest this week? Yeah, at the end. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. I mean, he wasn't. I mean, I don't even remember who he was. But I was just looking. I remembered seeing his name flat or his a uh, picture flash at the thanks for calling thing, but I'm not sure exactly what That's his call was rad. about. That's pretty rad, though. I mean, yeah, well, fucking Frazier <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and the calls. Has he not been on Simpsons, John? Sure. I don't see him on Simpsons. Oh, weird. That seems weird to me. I like how you ask me. I'm like, because uh, you fucking know every guy. Well, I know I do, episode. but you know, I also haven't watched Simpsons in the last like 16 years because they haven't been good in 16 years. <clears throat> okay, I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> Just saying. So maybe in the last 16 years. Isn't talking about the good um, He said Fever Pitch. What? <laughs> Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Isn't he in Pet Cemetery too? Yeah. Yeah. Not the second oh. one, just also. Pe- <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, he's the yes. minister in Pet Cemetery too. He's the truck driver in Creep Show too in the Hitchhiker segment. Um, she can call me an asshole. Got Has anyone else studio. watched um, Under the Dome? I've never watched that show. No, I me neither. About it, but I also kind of suspected that it sucked. Well, the concept seemed really cool to me. Yeah, but Simpsons me. did it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, Simpsons literally did that ten years ago. I just really hope that they make um, a movie for The Shining sequel. Oh, Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep. Because is it any good? I haven't even read it. Oh well, then but where we I just talk- want something based on. I mean, <laughs> I want to watch it, not read it. No, I want to read it too. But I mean, the concept just sounds awesome. It follows Danny. After oh. the fact, when he's more grown up, it sounded really cool. I was kind of worried about that. Like, how? I mean, I've heard good things about it, but I'm just like, you know, how do you make a sequel to probably one of his, one of his best or most well known novels? Yeah. Like, yeah. And it just kind of seems like one of those things. Like, hey, you guys like this movie, so let's make a sequel. Like, you know, Blade Runner. And, you know, thirty some years later. Oh my god! But, I just had another revelation. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my, oh my god. god. The oh my sons god. Of, okay, I was saying the son, He's the cleaner guy in the Sons of Anarchy, but I guess I don't remember them calling him by name. But his name is fucking Richard Bachman. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Awesome. I did not catch that when I watched it. That's that's pretty fucking cool. That's and I wonder how many people did, especially nothing against people that watch that show, but like. 
that. Wait, it's kind. actually really good. No, no, I, mean, I get that, but it's not your typical like. In in theory, you're not not your typical he's, horror. He's seeing people sure. that watch Sons of Anarchy can't read. That's what he's seeing. <laughs> Says the There's guy. Don't read. I feel like Stephen King might yeah, might have true. even directed some. That'd be cool. of the episodes as well. Know. My sister yeah, who directed him? Huge fan for that show or of Stephen that show. King. Yeah, he still only has one directing credit. Maximum that's Overdrive. That's right. Who's Stephen uh, King? <laughs> What's this episode about? <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys lost me. What now? <laughs> maybe he wrote some. I'm checking to see if maybe, maybe he wrote yeah. Some. I feel like he had more than just the acting credit. I feel like he wasn't sure? what? in other ways, but what is Well, I'm tired of looking already, so Yeah. Has <laughs> two hundred and fifteen writing credits. Jesus. Get a hobby. Anyway, <laughs> any others that anybody want to talk about? No, nope, movies suck. <laughs> did, it, did anyone else watch the You Can't Kill Stephen King? No, I didn't have time to get to that. Okay, nope. I mean, so, you didn't miss out on anything. I watched it last night, but... Just edit this part out. Nobody yeah. watched it. <laughs> well, you should tell us about it, Jason. Yeah. Oh, no, I just mean it's a... <laughs> It's a low-budget film that's based around Stephen King and all of his movies and books. And so it's very, very Stephen King-centric. But, you know, they just have the nerdy guy. They all go camping. Friends go camping. Nerdy guy loves all the Stephen King books. Things start happening based off of the books, the way they're dying and stuff. And uh, it's not that good. But <coughs> but, but <coughs> the Stephen yeah, King so. stuff's pretty neat. And, like, the titles would, like, you can't kill Stephen King. I didn't understand the title until, like, the end of the movie where the nerdy kid's convinced that it's Stephen King doing these <laughs> these killings. And so the last few kids are going after Stephen King to kill him. And he's like, no, you can't, you can't kill Stephen King. We need him, you know, like, and so that's... <laughs> But yeah, it wasn't that good. But it's neat that there was a whole movie based kind of around yeah. it. Yeah, but it was a short film, right? No, it was a feature. Oh, it's a feature? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. That's all I had. Okay. <laughs> all right, then. Well, maybe it's time we uh, we move on. We get on with our lives, as it were. So um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll do segments here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. Good evening. It's intermission time. Our service is friendly and quick. You'll find hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, your favorite candies, hot and cold beverages, and other delicious snacks. So add to your fun of watching the movie. Visit our refreshment stand right now. We're glad to have you with us tonight. We hope you'll come to see us often. It's great to get out to the movies. Hey, horror fans, this is Mike, one of your troop leaders over at the Horror Scouts podcast. I, with my co-hosts Brian and Nick, want to invite you to check out our show. We post new episodes twice a month that include movie reviews and general discussions about horror. They're coming to get you. So whether we're handing out merit badges for things like writing, directing, and gore... 
or just talking around the campfire, we'd love for you to join us. Head over to horrorscouts.com for more info and subscribe to us on iTunes by searching Horror Scouts Podcast. You can also find us along with all the other awesome shows on the Phantom Podcast Network at downrightcreepy.com. And if you prefer social interaction over spending time with the bodies hidden in your shed, reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter with at horror underscore scouts. So grab your headphones and wrap a bloody bandana around your neck. It's time to sign up and be a horror scout. Badasses, Boobs, and Body Counts is a weekly podcast that discusses grindhouse and exploitation cinema. Your three hosts, Mike. It's a quick. <laughs> Thank you. Come again. Not racist at all. Mark. If you bend over and you have what is essentially a pubic cottontail coming out of the crack of your ass, you need to do some goddamn grooming. And listener favorite, Iris. I do not have sex with that horse. <laughs> will make you question your own political correctness while laughing at theirs. Episodes drop every Sunday and can be found by searching BB and BC Podcasts via Lipson, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and iHeartRadio. You can also listen to episodes directly from the show's website at badassesboobsandbodycounts.com. Hey everybody, this is Wayne. This is Zip. Lori. Brian. Doug. And we're the Necronomicast, a weekly horror podcast brought to you by us, horror fans for you, horror fans. We talk about movies, books, celebrity interviews, your mom. (laughs) I don't know what you want me to say. (laughs) Necronomicast. We also talk about streaming movies, new movies, as well as news in horror. And that's just a sample of what you'll get on the Necronomicast. <laughs> Do we say horror movies? <laughs> visit us at Necronomicast.com. Also visit us on Facebook. And on iTunes and all that. Necronomicast. Uh, we'll scare the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> visit us at Necronomicast.com for more madness and horror and blood. We're good. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> and we're back. And it's time, once again, for that part of the show we call Shoutouts. It's time for Shoutouts! All right. It kind of sounded like you forgot the name of the segment. I was trying to be dramatic. Oh. Do my Shatner. Nice. All right. Well, we got a whole lot of comments on Facebook. 42 comments. Um, So I'm just going to kind of blast through them. They're pretty good, though. Awesome. All right. Well, up first, Mark Morris says The Shining, Kubrick's version. Yeah. And then Lisa Norvell Owen, who was almost on today's show. But we'll blame Sam now that. Anyway, but so she'll be on soon, hopefully. But her favorite is The Shining. Yeah. Derek John says Christine. Yeah. Emily Krauss says The Stand. Yeah. Wait. What? Nice. The Stand. Yeah, it's good. Okay. <laughs> Tim Lennerer says The Shawshank Redemption by a mile, but it's not a horror movie. And then he <laughs> talks about this 
The scene in the stand where Larry Underwood is hanging on to his sanity by his fingernails, sitting on the hood of a car on a highway full of cars that have rotting plague victims in them, playing guitar and singing Eve of Destruction while Des Moines is smoldering behind him because of the trash trashin' man is the best moment in the whole eight hour miniseries. The stand. Thanks, Tim. Uh, Dustin Crutzinger says, apt pupil. Didn't talk about that. We didn't even name like drop that one. one. Yeah, but that's I've never probably seen not it. technically. It's more drama, <clears throat> I'd say. Sure, yeah. Still awesome. Green Mile and Shawshank Redemption. Thanks, Dustin. Um, we had Vel- Voodoo Velvet say, Children of the Corn, 1984. Nice. Mm-hmm. Just in case you didn't hear Voodoo Velvet, uh, John Franklin and Courtney Gaines from Children of the Corn will be visiting Halloweenapalooza in Ottumwa on October 14th. And where can you find out more information? Halloweenapalooza.com. All right, moving on. Uh, Brian McNeil says, Maximum Overdrive. Hell yeah, Brian, you're cool. Uh, Joshua McMillan says, It. Silver Bullets. And of course, Stand By Me. Nice. Up next, we have Chris... Chris Turnip Simmons. Woo, Nips! You know that guy, Nips. He says, anyone who doesn't choose Maximum Overdrive is welcome to their incorrect opinion. Woo! That's right. That's right, Nips. You know it. <laughs> and, then this, and then this one kid named John Sullivan says, I, I forget the name, but it's the one who has, has a lot of corn in it. It's the one that has a lot of corn in it. There are a lot of them that have a lot of corn in it, though. That's true. But Noel Jason Scott... Helps him out and says, Children of the Corn. <laughs> Thanks, Noel. <coughs> John Sullivan may never have figured that out. <laughs> Children of the Corn movie.com. Okay. Dave Bowen says, in all caps, Maximum Overdrive. Yeah, this machine do? just called me an asshole. <laughs> so good. Derek Eulin says, Pet Cemetery. Zelda still scares the shit out of me. Fuck yeah. yeah. Zelda's scary. I mean, Derek's a weenie, but Zelda's scary. <coughs> All right, up next we got Brittany DeYoung. She says, Pet Cemetery and Green Mile. Thanks, Brittany. I think it's your first time <coughs> commenting. Appreciate that. She used to come to Insane's Asylum a lot for movie nights and stuff. Sweet. Anyway. Claudia Elaine Alexander says, Shawshank. Shawshank. Valerie Winter says, Silver Bullet. Lee Vervoort says misery because Kathy Bates. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Jim C. Faust Jr. says the Green Mile by a long shot. I would have said like by a mile. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Joel Jason Scott comes back again says the Shining, Silver Bullet, and the Night Flyer. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Christy Michelle Robinson says, Christine, and yeah. sometimes they come back. Of course, Christy likes Christine. Joel Gacy what? says, Shining slash The Mist. Matthew Williams says, Salem's Lot for James Mason. The Mist for that ending. Uh. Right? Which isn't in the book. Crazy. Sorry. Good job, Frank <laughs> Darabont. Wait, yeah, that's exactly. all you. Yeah, yeah. Luane L. White, our bud, says, I'd like to say my adaptation of Grey Matter, but I haven't shot it yet. 
Um, but seriously, even the poorer adaptations of King's work are usually worth watching. My go-to flicks are the creep shows and some of the short story adaptations like Sometimes They Come Back and The Mist. Pet Cemetery, of course, and I always have a special place in my heart for the glorious mess that is Maximum Overdrive. Who made who? Every time you're going to do that, aren't you? Yep. Jose uh, Ron Hell says, Darabont is the master of capturing King. Every story he adapts is emotionally devastating or beautiful. I haven't felt that punch with any other adaptation save for maybe Rob Reiner. The Shawshank Redemption, The Green Mile, The Mist. The very best top shelf of Stephen King's words adapted to film. With Stand By Me, Misery, Leading Up the Rear. So I guess that's my top five. Thanks, Jose. <coughs> Heather McAmy says, The Green Mile. Absolutely. Who made who? Nope, that's wrong. Oh. Got that wrong. Shit. Uh, Mike Singleton says, Pet Sanitary, Children of the Corn, Salem's Lot, Silver Bullet, Christine. In a pet cemetery. Craig Allen Stewart says, The Shining. Pete Hutzcock, ah, fuck. <laughs> Pete, Pete Hutzcock says, Salem's Lot, easy pick. Brian Apel says, Storm of the Century. Nice. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Amy Segarra says, Christine and Carrie. Dude, how, are these a lot of fucking comments. How great is this? This is awesome. Right? That's a yawn. Instead of yawning. Sorry. I'm going I'm fast sick. as I can. I'm sick. You're sick. Okay. Where was I? Oh, Gerald Tom Tompkinson says, Shining and It. Sean D. Wallace says, The Running Man. Woo. Nice. Yeah. Love that movie. I really own that one. Is it good? Because I'm like Dustin Hoffman. I remember it being. Uh, yeah, good. and fucking Arnold. Yeah, no, What'd it's you awesome. Say? Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, Running Man, isn't it? That's Marathon. Oh, it? that's right. Yeah, no, it's not Dustin. And uh, <laughs> Greg Landis says Christine. <laughs> and Delvin Bowden says Rose Red is one of my faves. Rose nice. Red. Rose Even Red. Even though I love them all. Oh, sorry, that's Red Red. That's different. Yeah. Carl Meyer says, Dreamcatcher, the greatest movie of all time. I smell sarcasm. Hey. Uh, <laughs> no. Carl I, I, I hope, loves it. I hope I'm wrong. You better hope it was sarcasm or you just hurt his feelings. Yeah. Don't listen to him, Carl. <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't anyway, but. Yeah, Spencer Mummery says, Thinner. Nice. One of the best. Intriguing premises, but so campy and awful slash amazing. Yep, pretty much yep. spot on. Crystal Brown says, Christine, the dead zone, cat's eye. Woo! Uh, and the second story. The what? I don't know, it says the second story. Oh, maybe, I wonder if she's uh, referring to the second. I yeah. love cat's eye. That's one of, I saw that early, too. Yeah, I, I think I've I never seen too. that one. Yeah. It's an anthology film. Of two films. Right? No, there's there, three stories. There three? There's three stories. Okay. But it's wrapped around by a fucking cat. The right. wraparound is yeah, this cat. Cool. And then the cat is involved in the third story, that's which also has Drew Barrymore in it. I was going to say, I remembered seeing a cover with Drew Barrymore on it for that yeah. at the video like store. It. And what is she holding? A cat. A dog. No, wait, no, a cat. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> you said dog. Okay, and then we got Crystal Brown. She says, Graveyard Shift. Nice. Michelle Gilbert says Rose Red. 
Some more nice. Rose Red Love. Nice. I, I love it. I don't think it. I've seen it. Harold Chester says, The Mist, then Needful Things. Cool. Yeah. I've so got to rewatch Needful got Things. Ruben Ramirez says, Carrie. Otis J. Driftwood says, First of all, that's a cool name, Otis J. Driftwood. Yeah. He says, Love the Mist, but Maximum Overdrive is my guilty pleasure. Great Who, soundtrack. Who? That's right. Andy Soar says, Stand By Me, Near Perfect. When the Original title, The Body. Has come. Hell yeah. Don't be afraid. <sighs> and lastly on Facebook, 42nd comment. This is so awesome. Lynn Nanatee says, Storm of the Century, Dead Zone, Green Mile, Smiley Face. Woo! I think that's just an emoticon, not a movie. 42 comments. <laughs> and I, oh, I'm not done. Twitter. Over on Twitter, Holy we got balls. three more. People we love Stephen this. King, man. They really do. I came out of the uh, woodwork. I was kind of hoping it's because they love us. That's second, first reason. Okay. okay. Right. Scary Gary at Scary Gary KC says, Pessimitary. It's all I wanted to see for my eighth birthday, and it was a glorious, traumatizing experience. <laughs> Gage and Zelda still creep me out. A++++. I don't want to be <laughs> And then we had Snapper Hall at Snapper Hall 77 say, Misery for sure. Kathy Bates was terrifying as Annie Wilkes. Fuck yeah. And then lastly on Twitter, we have Godkiller at Skylar Dawn X says, The Shining is always a must. Jack Nicholson killed it. But guys, guess what? What? Not done yet. Holy shit. We had some we had at least one person call in. Oh, a call. Yeah, Jack. Jack what? called in. I know. So and then yeah. But that's the cool thing. Anybody could call in at 415-952-6857. That's also 415-95-AOTKP. You can call in and leave a voicemail comment just like Jack did. And here we'll listen to that. Hey guys, this is Jack from Waterloo, Iowa, and uh, my favorite Stephen King movie is Pet Cemetery. This is a really hard question, though, because if I, I feel like The Shining is a superior film in almost every way, but to me, I find Pet Cemetery to be the, the, the more scary movie, and if we're talking Stephen King and you had to pick a favorite, I think I have to go with the scarier one. Um, there's definitely, there's so many to choose from. <laughs> this isn't an easy question. I remember the VHS box for Carrie used to scare the living fuck out of me when I was little, just with her eyes open wide and covered in blood from head to toe. I mean, she just looked like the worst nightmare you've ever had. But, you know, you get a little older, you see the movie, and it's fine. It's definitely better than something like Thinner, but it's not my favorite. Um, but, yeah, if I had to pick... A favorite, what's your favorite Stephen King movie? Boom, I would have to say Pet Cemetery. Um, that's about it. I definitely like, you know, The Dead Zone's pretty good. I love early Cronenberg. Some of the, the miniseries were good, too. I really liked Rose Red. But it's, it's Pet Cemetery for me. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for calling that's in, Jack. Awesome. Right? Great comments. So cool. This has been the best episode ever. Thank you, everybody, for the comments. 42 of them on Facebook. Yep. Some on Twitter. And even a voicemail! I know. Oh. You feel so loved now. I do. 
just just goes to show how everyone can love Stephen King. And Attack of the Killer Podcast. That's right. Don't. Right. Won't let you forget that. (laughs) Well, that's shout outs. All right. Well, up next we have another master of horror himself. (coughs) If he can get a lozenge in there, it's Insane's Picks. Yes, thank you for that introduction. It is time once again for Insane's Picks. And I as I was I really struggled to come up with one cuz I instinctively always want to tie it into the episode, but like I couldn't find a Stephen King movie that really fit in the Insane Picks vaults. Um not that they're not worthy to be in the Insane's Picks vaults, but uh it takes a very special kind of film, films that should be Kind of locked away in a vault. Uh, this one is because of my good buddy Jason had just recently bought this one for me. That's me. Um, and I and he bought it for me because he knows I'm such a fan of the original movie. Well, it's not really a movie, but <laughs> I'll get into that. This Saints picks for this episode is Celluloid Bloodbath. More previews from Hell from 2012, directed by Jim. Manico and James F. Murray Jr. Now, both those guys also co-directed the original, that's right, Mad Ron's previews from Hell from 1987, and Celluloid Bloodbath is the quote-unquote sequel to Mad Ron's. I love me some Mad Ron's previews yeah. from Hell. Huge fan of that, of that, uh, that movie, and... So excited to find out, A, there was a sequel, and B, I now own it. Um, <laughs> All at the same moment. Exactly, exactly. So, what is Madron's Previews from Hell, and what is Cellular Bloodbath more previews from Hell? Well, they're comp, they're comp movies. Uh, Cellular Bloodbath is a comp DVD of classic Grindhouse and B-movie trailers from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, Madron, in Madron's, there was a wraparound with an amazing shot-on-video zombie invasion of a classic, classic beautiful theater uh, where they go and sit down and watch the Mad Run previews. And then also in the wraparound, there's a host where um, it's a guy and his ventriloquist dummy named Happy the Zombie. Now in the sequel, it's, it's a bit different. So in Celluloid Bloodbath, Happy does still show up, so he's kind of the trademark character of this quote-unquote franchise. But in the sequel, they don't have the zombie inv- zombies invading the theater or anything, anything like that. This time around, it's a lot of celebrities, some known, maybe some not so well-known, um, introducing the various trailers. Some of the celebrities include um, Ginger Lynn Allen, uh, Michelle Bauer, Conrad Brooks, Amy Lynn Best, Johnny Legend, Carolyn Monroe, and even Zachary, uh, just to name a few. Now, some of the celebrities talk about the movies that they love, that, um, and some others actually talk about <coughs> ones that they're in. Like, for example, Linnea Quigley's in there, and she talks about um, Psycho from Texas, her first film she was ever in, um, and how she wasn't acting when they dumped cold beer on all over her in the movie. 
And then, of course, it plays the trailer. So it's loaded with a many, many amazing films, uh, trailers, such as The Baby, which is probably one of the most disturbing movies I've ever seen coming out of the, out of the 70s. Uh, it's Alive, The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave, Eyeball, Meat Cleaver Massacre, and Terry, you'll be excited to know that it has the trailer for <laughs> Don't Look in the Basement. Oh, you know she loves it. Uh, where the tagline at the end of the trailer is, where all the inmates take over the asylum. Which totally gives away the twist of the movie. Why would you do that in your trailer? It'd be like the trailer for The Sixth Sense saying, The Sixth Sense, and Bruce Willis is dead the whole time. Oh. Mad Ron's will always go, will always, was always my go-to party movie back in high school. We would pop that movie, we'd pop that tape in all the time and just let it play, no matter what we were doing. Sometimes we'd watch it intently, other times we'd be um, goofing around, just hanging out while that was playing, but we'd always quote the shit out of the trailers in that movie, especially when they had like iconic trailer um, voiceover moments, such as Torso, or Color me blood red um this one is no different it also has some great fun quotable trailers such as the double feature for black black belly of the tarantula and weekend of murder that's how it's said in the trailer so now that's how i'm gonna say it um so total running time of this dvd is 103 minutes it is Stuff to the gills with 62 of the craziest, wackiest um, exploitation and, and, and grindhouse trailers. It's a great follow-up to Mad Ron's. Now, I still kind of have more of a soft spot for Mad Ron's, uh, mostly because of the wraparound. Because um, it just feels like with the, with the wraparound piece with the zombies and the ventriloquist dummy telling really bad jokes and stuff that... That it really doesn't lose the momentum of the trailers that we're watching. And this one kind of seems to slow down a little bit because it, because jumping back and forth to the, the different celebrities talking about the trailers that they're about to show. But still great stuff um, with a lot of a lot of great information from, from these celebrities. So um, I still love it. It's awesome. It is an amazing follow-up to Mad Ron's. And I would highly, if you love compilation tapes, if you love... Um, watching classic trailers, I would definitely check it out. For it's a it's a great great find. So, celluloid bloodbath. More previews from hell. Check it out. Woo! Nice. So that's it. That's this episode of Attack of the Killer podcast. Now I think there's many life lessons that we can learn from this episode. <laughs> And as the great Stephen King once said, when he was asked how he writes, he would say, one word at a time. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all again soon. Goodbye. Mm -hmm.